most incredible live event on earth. The road to WrestleMania starts now. Let's do this. It's time. It is full time for the 35th consecutive year. Tonight, the Gateway City opens the path to WrestleMania. So get ready to run. This is the Royal Rumble. All the dreams. History in the making tonight. All the opportunity. It's every man and woman for themselves. All the chaos. Light them up, throw them over. The Royal Rumble is what it is. You gotta be kidding me. What it is. Oh my! And man, is it. So come on. There's only one thing left to do. And that's ball. I'm the greatest of this generation. No questions asked. Really understand who the greatest is here. Everything that you've done, the Usos make possible. The Usos are barred from ringside. Reigns is gonna have to do it alone. There's only one big time Bex. Dewdrop is never gonna be a champion, not as long as I run this industry. Yeah, we be balling, balling, closing million dollar deals, catch me swerving, burning hundred dollar bills, half fail. The Grit Couple versus the It Couple. What do you say? We accept! It's impossible. The two most physically dominant forces for the first time ever. The Almighty, the Beast Incarnate, the WrestleMania caliber match. Royal Rumble starts now. Oh, he's on the way. <laughs> it's, it's been a long couple of days, lads. I'm not going to lie. He's on the way. And he's wearing it like a pink or purple t-shirt. I mean, what's that? What's going on here? Very pink, very metrosexual, mate. I wouldn't expect you to understand. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd left it in the washing with the red wine. Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you heard the news, Tinky, but I got it. I'm, I'm housebound with the Rona. Finally, it struck you. Yeah. Well, and the, the wine, you know. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's been a bit. The, the diet's kind of gone to shit. There's been a bit of wine, some beer. I'll be honest. It's driven me to alcohol. Not that it takes much. I was, I was <laughs> just saying, certain people see someone walking past you and tutting. No, I won't pass it. <laughs> That's it. I need a drink. I need to drink to get over this. You just pull, pull an emergency can of tenants out your back pocket. <laughs> Noticing the clock's gone past mid day is usually enough to <laughs> yeah <laughs> true though
This is the Random Wrestling Review. I'm Ben Spindler and today we embark upon what might be considered a tradition as we cover this year's Royal Rumble much like we did in 2021. And what better way to establish a new tradition than with the original three hosts of this show as today I am joined by old man Sam Carey. All right, Chuck. And Tom Smith. Hello, mate. How's it going? Very, very good. And guys, it is very good to be back with both of you. It's been a little longer for me than it will be have been for our listeners because we've actually yes. recorded our next episode prior to this one. All the same. Yeah, well, you, you had to get those two badgers in, didn't you, to do the one that's coming next week? So that'll be interesting for the listeners. Yeah, a couple of badgers. Badgers? Yeah. <laughs> well, they've been cold today in favour of us. <laughs> oh, oh, this is it's not oh. good for the animal rights people, is it, that already? And then get no, it's good and, for the Tories, who, who I think is our target audience. <laughs> <laughs> if the Tories are our target audience, then they won't be liking your choice of uh, top tonight, Tom. No. No, they won't. It's flamboyant but fabulous, which is how Tom lives his life. A little bit like Michael Hayes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mate, I love you dearly, but you're no Michael Hayes. Seeing that guy struck down with that hair, sexy bastard. A Michael Hayes impersonator. (laughs) Like like the one that you'd see down at Breen. (laughs) (laughs) And here we have a Michael Hayes impersonator, and he's just like... Uh, um, I don't know what to do, really. Just, just fucking dance. Just be sexy. Sing Bad Streets USA. What? <laughs> Fuck off. Get Bobby Paul out. Oh, come on, Bobby Paul. I was trying to remember his name. The best Elton John impersonator in Bristol, Paul Accounts. Unfortunately, he hasn't got a themed name, which surely is the half the half the battle is there, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's the right thing. My favourite one is the um the Smiths Indeed, who are a covers yes. band that, that do the that do the rounds. Pearl Jam UK is another one. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just raise that Bobby Paul is actually on brand for Alton John because it's two first names. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. As is Tom Smith and Ben Spindler. <laughs> <laughs> You've got insane. Oh, <laughs> Here he is, old Spindler Jones walking down the street <laughs> with his fucking dick out again. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be. Dude, anybody who wants to listen to some actual wrestling analysis yeah. today, it's gonna be fucked. Although, why they'd listen to this anyway? I don't know. Yeah. We, we we haven't got a very clearly defined style anymore, have we? Because we either get you two, or we get two other people who are you know less on, less comfortable on, making t- these ridiculous jokes. Tinky, say what they are. Two other cunts. <laughs> because and I'll tell you what I was going to bring this up later but I got a fucking bone to pick with James <laughs> and Matthew and I think you probably know where I'm going with this boys Dilo Brown over Val Venus yeah it's poor form both of them I mean you just got to have a bit of fucking respect for yourself and for Val Venus they did cracking jobs but disappointing disappointing and hurtful it felt like they were um, stamping on my bollocks <laughs> It's better than gaffer tape, mate. I don't know, oh. mate. It's quite the satisfaction when it gets ripped off is another level. There's something I wanted to ask to speak to you boys about, actually, because you, you mentioned it. I meant to mention it to you last week, Tinky, actually. But there was um you guys were talking about when you did the Rumble 90 show with Matt and James. And you talked about Vincent, the Vincent Mann opening of the Royal Rumble and announcing the participants in, in, participants, sorry, in the manner that only Vincent Mann can. And I, I wonder if there's... Because I've got a very... I've got a... I, I think it must be an 89. But there's there's one participant whose name that he pronounces really really stands out to me. And I and before I reveal what that is, I wonder if you guys have that as well because there's one name in particular that really strikes out to me from all the names that he says. I'm gonna go the barbarian. 
just yeah. because it's quite a long name for him to go that barbarian. The, the one the one that really strikes out to me, and it's because I don't think I've ever seen him anywhere else either, is the outlaw Ron Bass, which I think he <laughs> says in 89, because it's really like, I come up with always thinking at the time, who the fuck's that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then, like I said, I think it's amidst like, loads of short names as well. Like, yeah. three names. Amazing. What a guy. Yeah. I think for one... me, it's the number of times he says the word and during <laughs> one of them. So he goes, he's listing them off, and he'll go, suddenly, just randomly, and the and the bushwhacker Luke, and then he'll go, yeah. and then he'll just continue to list them. And, and the Red go, Rooster, and the Red Rooster, Jimmy Snooker, Andre the Giant, Demolition X, and Mister Perfect. It's not as weird as Team Captains Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant are joined by Vice Captains Brutus the Barber <laughs> Beefcake and the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and the Anvil Jim Neidhart and the Warlord and Bret Hart and the Barbarian. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, what the fucking weird kind of order is that, you nutter? What do you want to say? So my next thing that I was going to say is I think we've got no choice really to get straight down to business today, no. but we're already 10 minutes in and and I think Tom has got another diversion for us before we go any further. Yes, I have one quick diversion. So when I realised that it was the three of us lads on this record today, do you know the one one word that, that came to mind? Sex. Sexy. You're right, old man. <laughs> Very sexy. And with that in mind, I've produced, similar to my last endeavour, the Royal Cumble, a sex-themed oh list of participants. 30, to be exact, wow. including commentary team and ring announcer. So you boys ready? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Entrant number one, the jizz. Cool. Then we've got Chody Rhodes, <laughs> the cum Billy Gunn, Haxel Rim Duggan, <laughs> Dildo Brown, <laughs> the Road Doggy Style, <laughs> Flash Spunk, Seaman Punk, <laughs> the Outlaw Ron Ass. <laughs> now, I know this guy's changed his name recently, but I've gone for Walter Sports. Walter Sports. <laughs> um. CTH, Cunter Thirst Helmsley, Bone Cold Steve Austin. Cunter Thirst Helmsley. Fuck you now. I've gone for Bone Hold Steve Austin. Uh, the Cock. Simple. Simple, but effective. Uh, again, he's go- going by his old name, not Malachi Black, but Tommy Bell Ends. <laughs> Fistian. Um, Ernest the Twat Miller. <laughs> Uh, the casting coach, uh, marvelous Ark Mero, as in an Ark. In <laughs> Con and Dom Harris, uh, Ravshin Dick Rude, the person that nobody wants in their sexual rumble, STD Jones, <laughs> um, testicles, obvious one there, uh, Axel Grotten, um, the head givers, as as two people, as are obviously Con and Dom Harris, fuck Palumbo. <laughs> Square angle. Nice. New ejaculate. And final, final bring up the rear of Matt Hardon in at number 30. Then also commentated on by Michael Hole and Quim Ross. And the special guest ring announcer. Well, thank you. I'm going to see if you can guess who it is actually. Who is the sexiest man on television? (laughs) Kilroy. Yeah, exactly. Kilroy. That's lovely. Well done, lad. Can we go back to Con Harris? How is that? I'm I'm confused by how that's Condom. Con and Dom Harris. 
Uh, I, I was struggling. I was really struggling at that <laughs> point, mate. I see. I mean, Dom Harris would work on his own. Dominatrix. But... Yeah, I didn't think about that. Actually, I wasn't getting. I wasn't getting Con Harris. I knew. What was the other one? Yeah, there was the the ejaculate. The new. Uh, who was that supposed to be? New Jack. Oh, I see. Yeah. I should have got. I could have got Jack Swagger. Ejaculate Swagger, maybe. But mm. still, lovely. Well, that's that is just some lovely work, guys. Absolutely. That's the best I'm... part of a week that's taken. <laughs> I especially liked Gunter Thirst Helmsley. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Although you kind of used two at, two at once then. You could have used Cunt for Kurt Hennig or, you know, any Kurt really. I could have done, but I had Squirt Angle already in. And I True. was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get better than that <laughs> for Kurt Hennig. Yeah. Or it could have been Kurt Henfrig, couldn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> so difficult trying to get finger in there somewhere but i couldn't do it well our main vessel of communication with the outside world other than the show itself of course is on twitter at rwr pod uk and today as the show goes on we'll be discussing some of the views of our followers over there who have tweeted us with their thoughts on the rumble show this year it's not likely to happen too often because we rarely cover contemporary shows but should we do it again your only chance to have your say is by following us too at rwr pod uk so as I said, let's get down to business. Let's start with hopes. Yeah, with that, with that sexy rumble, I'm in the mood now. <laughs> hopes and fears, as Tom calls it. What was your expectations? Let's start with you, old man. I wasn't particularly excited, I have to say. I hadn't really kept up with much of the build, but when I'd read reports, it wasn't particularly excited. But obviously, this is the rumble. We're only interested in the rumble matches, let's be honest. The other stuff is all just, what is it they say? Wall decoration. Yeah, let's say that. I'm not sure that's a phrase, but yeah. <laughs> so I was a bit concerned. I was very concerned about the female rumble because they have fucked that division. And I was very concerned that that would be full of people I didn't know, young upstarts that I didn't know who would be very green, which I was probably quite up for, or a load of people that I didn't care about anymore that i didn't really care about when they were around the first time and with the men's rumble i just so they like the surprise element and i was racking my head thinking who's going to be the surprise and i couldn't come up with anyone so i was a bit concerned about the men's rumble as well but apart from that i was looking forward to it (laughs) (laughs) when you said wall decoration what you meant was window dressing i believe yes i did (laughs) it's pretty much the same thing mate (laughs) it is in my house anyway (laughs) <laughs> Tom, what about yourself? My hope was that I wasn't going to be bored by the men's rumble. And my fear was that I was going to find the men's rumble very boring. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, 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 what side of my hopes and fears am I going to land on? You'll have to find out. You will. So my expectations for the show were that it's the rumble, right? I didn't really care about the build up. I didn't give a damn. I just thought this is the Royal Rumble. This is the chance for WWE, if they want to, to completely relaunch a whole new set of people, a whole product, give a new image, a new vision for what WWE is going to be in the next 12 months. That's what the Royal Rumble has historically been, is a chance for them to, you know, reset almost, start again ahead of WrestleMania. And so I thought it doesn't really matter what's happened before. There's so much going on there's so many people on the show at the very least you know you've got 60 people just from the two rumbles and you're going to have 10 15 other people as well involved in matches so i was really excited and to be honest when i first saw the the arena and it was really big really beautifully like you know stunning it looked i thought it just looked absolutely stunning i was like right well up for this this is going to i'm really really excited for it so i was really looking forward to to watching this and we'll see if that (laughs) remains the case as the show goes on 
you're right about the arena you're right about the arena it looked amazing because i did i did initially check as soon as i saw i was like is this a stadium show and it is is an arena and it's 40,000 and it looked very much like it was full of 40,000 people as well yeah it looked great so we've done a few different things recently. In the main, we're trying to pick out things from the show that are important and talk about them first. And then whilst we were doing the rumbles, we've been just basically choosing the rumble and talking about that first. This week, we're going to do something even slightly different again. So what I've done, I have pulled out, mainly because I think this show requires it, I've pulled out an order of the show that we're going to go through, which is neither chronological nor just about the most important things at once. It is about the most important thing, but it's going to involve us talking about three matches, one of which is the Royal Rumble. The men's rumble, presumably. The men's rumble, I should say. Yes, absolutely. Apologies, Tom. So the, basically, the main talking point, I think uh, we can all agree, is the pretty huge suggestion that WrestleMania 38 is going to be headlined by Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And that, of course, is a consequence of the three matches, three big male matches, I suppose, that took place during the show. So we're going to start with the opener, which is Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Now, this match went for 14 and a half minutes and it ends when Reigns applies a guillotine choke, but Rollins is almost out when Charles Robinson lifts his arm. Rollins' hand lands on the bottom rope. Then Reigns won't let go and is disqualified. Then they eventually break the hold when Robinson pleads for him to do so. Tom, let's start with you. What were your what were your thoughts on this match? I actually quite like this match. I thought it was really quite good. I wasn't initially finding myself, you know, to be particularly excited by this match. I was like, well, we've seen this before. You know, I've seen Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns before. But I must admit, I haven't seen really too much of this iteration of Roman Reigns. And I've seen next to none of this iteration of Seth freaking Rollins, which I believe is his official full name these days. I think that the, the video package did quite a good job before and kind of explaining what, what had been going on and obviously gave you the backstory of the show and everything like that and then well for a start i can't believe how long it takes roman reigns to get down to the ring i mean <laughs> randy orton looks like a fucking benny hill video in comparison to roman reigns coming down to the ring it takes an eternity and i actually quite like and i've seen it a few times i actually quite like the shit 3d cgi statue of roman reigns it looks a bit tacky but i, I quite like that i love the, love the fact that um seth rollins came out with the shield entrance and the fact that he's kind of he's very much i think channeling his yakim felix joker in that role at least that's that's how i kind of understand it to be i might be wrong but i thought that that entrance was really cool and they kind of told quite quite a cool story of him of Rollins being the only person that can kind of get into into uh, Reigns' head. The match itself was quite cool. It opened quite with quite a few like high spots, and there was like a quite a an early false finish, I believe, with a, with a curb stomp that was pretty cool. There was a couple of spots that I, I really liked the spear into the pedigree spot, which I thought was was really cool. And whilst I didn't mind the ending, because I always kind of champion people who are so out for revenge they don't care about a win or a loss or a pinfall and everything. With that specific move, with the with the guillotine choke. That, that Reigns um, has Rollins in, he would basically have killed him if he'd kept him in that hold for that long. So if it's something like if it's something like working a limb or something like that, I think I would have probably preferred that because basically he's attempted to murder him <laughs> in the ring, which I was a bit like, 
Yeah, but otherwise, I actually quite liked it. That was just a very, it's a very nitpicky moment about the ending. But I actually liked the match in its entirety. This is my match of the night, and I just, I I, I'm sorry, and, and it's mine as well. Sorry. I thought this was great. It's high energy. The crowd are so fucking into it. They're so into Bowen Reigns. Rollins was phenomenal. I thought just because he's like Tommy said, he's channeling his Joker, so he's nuts. He gets um gets speared and he just laughs. In Reigns' face, the uh, spot that Tommy talked about, the spear into the pedigree, the kick out by Roman Reigns is fantastic. It reminded me of when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens fought in NXT and Sami Zayn kicks out about a Nat's pube from the three count. And it's amazing because the crowd are like, fuck. And they don't quite get to that level here because I think the crowd know realistically what's going to happen, which I think is a problem through most of the show. But it didn't take away from it. I thought it was great. I thought it was just really, really good. Reigns is just absolutely tremendous. Rollins, I haven't watched a huge amount of him recently, a bit like Tommy said, but every time I do, I just think, God, this guy's fucking good. And sorely underrated, I think. I want to speak a little note. So, Pat McAfee, 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 whatever. Cunt. Oh, mate. I'm not having that. No. Uh, his jacket is fantastic for a start. He's also my MVP because of the energy he brings in because he's so fucking different. Because we get his three matches with the Raw commentary team. And I was close to either soiling myself or falling asleep or doing both. And I wasn't sure which order they'd come in. Either way, I was getting nappy rash. But he just adds something so different to the presentation. And he uh, refers to the shield as Mox, Seth and Roman going up and down the road. It's just something I don't think any other commentator would have said and probably wouldn't have got away with because he's directly referencing an AEW wrestler by his now name, not Dean Ambrose. Um, just to, to cut there, I thought the exact same thing about him referring to Mox. That, I'm not going to lie, that did pop me a little bit. Apparently, in the build-up to this match, Seth Rollins has referred to him as Mox as well. Mm. Which he's... And that, that did make me think. I was like, for a second, I was like, they've been talking about this forbidden door, haven't they? And I was like, that's interesting. They've been referring to him specifically as Moxley and not like the other guy or not even mentioned him. Like he could have said, easily said, when the three of us were, you know, reading. And I mm. thought for myself, for a second, maybe... Maybe Moxie's going to be in the Rumble. And then I immediately dismissed it because apparently from what little clips I've seen from his autobiography that's been recently released, he shits all over the WWE. So there's no way it would have been him. But for just for that second, it got me back in for a moment. When they came out, that kind of thing that I was talking about where the arena looked really great just added to this occasion. Roman mm-hmm. Reigns in this kind of big arena in front of all these people felt good it felt natural it felt right like he he feels like for me a legitimate top top star and so then his match with Rollins I thought was very good I think they did a great job of telling a really good story I wasn't as high on it as either of you two I do think it's a very good match and it is my match of the night but I wasn't quite as high as an high on it as you guys mainly because I found all of the action to be very one-dimensional very WWE safe level if you see what I mean like it didn't didn't deviate from anything else you'll see in WWE most of the year round didn't really do anything particularly exciting they don't have they don't do much in the way of wrestling they don't do much in the way of flying or at least stuff that's different they just have a very narrow move set that everybody does and that's what roman reigns and seth rollins were limited to here by design that's how wwe work but within the confines of the wwe style 
it was a very, very good match. Um, and I was really impressed and it was my match of the night. The end was a bit disappointing. I think that we mm. could have done with a winner here, to be honest. I guess that's probably because they want to go to a rematch between now and WrestleMania, because obviously Reigns has got to do something between now and WrestleMania. But that was perhaps one notch that took away from it. But overall, I thought it was a, a really decent opener and did feed my kind of excitement for the show. I was like, okay, great start. We could be could be well into something very good here. Well, I also thought as well. So at the, we haven't really covered the end of the match, have we? But after um, Roman Reigns gets disqualified, he effectively just beats the piss out of Seth Rollins with a chair for quite a long time. And there was a bit in it that I really liked. And me and Old Man have quite often said about these post-match beatdowns that we see. We don't really like them. They find that they can distract from the, from the match and, and take away from the good that was done. But there's a couple of mo- things in it about it that I really like. The first part being that there's a bit where Roman Reigns goes to walk away and he's like, nah, I'm going back and giving him some... A giving him a little bit more which I really liked and also at the beginning of the match and as he comes into the ring Roman Reigns was getting a bit of a face reaction he was getting getting cheers by the time the match ended and he walked back up the ramp he was getting booed out of the fucking building and it got the heat back onto him which I think was really well done and I think he particularly really played his part in that and I thought he was brilliant this is a good it's a very good point I was confused as to the heel face dynamic here because I knew that Reigns was supposed to be a heel although having just broken up not long ago from Heyman. I figured he could be now a face. I'm not sure. And I thought Rollins was supposed to be a heel, but the reaction to him was very baby face. I didn't have a clue what was going on there. To be honest, in WWE these days, I, I get the impression they really don't care and it really doesn't matter very much to the way that they are trying to tell the story, but I don't think it helps them at all. I think with with, with Rollins, I think with the character that, that he's currently portraying, they've kind of got a little bit of like a early kind of like, like 97 to 98 Mick Foley vibe about it where the character doesn't really need to change between the heel and face it just depends who he's who he's against because you could have him be weird and kind of a bit mad and be a bad guy or you could have him do that and be a good guy based upon who he's fighting against so that was my kind of interpretation of it you could do the very same shtick and he could do that with um say for example if he did that with Dean Ambrose, who I know who's not there, and did the shield mock like but did it mocking him and Dean Ambrose was the baby face, then that could also work in a heel move as well, rather than it being quite a cool thing that as it was in this show. So I think you can kind of do that with him as well. I think like Tommy said, he's quite pliable and I think having him come down to the shield's music just immediately got the crowd on side. But my understanding is is that he is a bit of a heel, but he's also a bit of fun. He's a bit of fun, old Rollins. <laughs> Old Rolly Rollins, I enjoyed him. So a couple of uh, a couple of notes here from our followers on Twitter. So we've got Daniel the Manual. He said this was his match tonight as well. Even yeah, despite, I ask, he's a good man. Despite the ending, told a good story. Said he said that he actually enjoyed all the other matches more than the Royal Rumbles themselves. So um, interesting. interesting. We've got both rumbles yeah. to come as well. Then we've got Navdeep Rahil, who said it, the whole show started well with Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, but went downhill after the lame ending to Ooh. their match. Ugh. I must admit, it was a, it was a really good way to start it, and I did think to myself at the time, this is going to be interesting to see what happens next because I did feel like that could very much be a possibility. And the fact is, as well, if I'm being honest, the fact that the three of us have already said this is our matchup for the night kind of lends a bit of credibility to both these tweets. It certainly does. Yeah, I was very surprised that they started with this because of everything we've just said. I thought well, you've got the biggest guy in the company, like by a distance from what I understand. I understand why you want him going out first and obviously what happens 
through the card. You kind of understand why it's happened, but it's a risky old business. A bit like that Tom Cruise film where apparently you can see his knob. <laughs> really? Can you? Um, well, there's there's um, something in Scream, I think it is, where they say that, oh, if you pause it a certain bit, you can see his knob. I don't know if you can. I've never seen it. I don't even know what it's about, to be honest. Some business that's not very safe. <laughs> this time, I'm going to be Apparently, there, there's a couple of years ago where um, there was a, um, a Batman comic that was released that you could see his knob in it, apparently. And it, it, it now goes for bloody loads of money. Wait, wait, wait. Your... Tom Cruise's knob was in a Batman comic? Yeah, yeah I know. That's why it's so rare. Oh, well, no, so, apparently, so, so some artist basically drew Batman getting out of his, like, out of his back clothes. And basically, you see, like, the outline. I've seen the picture. You see the outline of his knob and his shaft. Now, whether or not it's based on Tom Cruise's knob, I couldn't tell you. But, yeah, it's definitely listen, listen to the kind of the, the, the jovial way he skirted past the idea that he's seen the picture. He's got a fucking <laughs> framed on his fucking wall, and he's <laughs> masturbating to it every fucking night. Mate, you know I've, got, I've got Batman's thing. <laughs> tattooed on my dick (laughs) (laughs) well part of it because it was bigger yeah it's got a fucking utility belt on it as well (laughs) so what we're going to do right now is skip forward to the other world title match i suppose you might call it the wwe title match lashley and lesnar in a 10 just over 10 minute match now this one ends when roman reigns comes to the ring and he spears lesnar then he stares down Heyman. Heyman hands Reigns the WWE title and Reigns hits Lesnar with the belt, then walks out and Heyman goes with him. Lashley then calls over and pins Lesnar to win the title. Heyman, of course, had come out with Lesnar at the start of the show, uh, or start of the match, I should say, should say as his manager. So, old man, what were your thoughts on this one? Hmm. This was the example of two big bollocks hitting against each other, but not doing it particularly excitingly. <laughs> so I have many problems with it, to be honest. And this kind of feeds through the whole card. So we'll get there. But this is a chance to make Lashley, surely. The matches are particularly good. Anyway, they're lobbing each other around. It's a bit boring. There's a couple of spears. It's a bit boring again. There's an F5 attempt. The most interesting thing in the match is Lesnar cracking tan and his hair is and fucking fantastic and it just adds adds a lot to his character i think just adds a little bit a little bit of fun to his character and apparently on um there's on raw or smackdown he came down to the ring dressed as a cowboy the other week which is fantastic like it's taking him this long show any personality imagine if um, next time he comes out as like a native american and the next yeah. week he comes out as a builder and the next <laughs> week he comes out as a biker he's just a huge village people fan but not only that oh. but as each week what they've done is they've somehow secreted within his promo whatever he's done elements of ymca and oh. then someone splices it all together to yeah. make a song that would be amazing secreted i think i should have managed to get some kind of secretion in the royal cumble shouldn't i yeah maybe yeah yeah so i thought this was all right i don't like the end i don't like it because i knew where it was headed as soon as it happened and i was like oh for fuck's sake it did it did nothing for lasher it didn't do a huge amount for the title and all it does is mean that we get to see a match that we've seen a few times again but at wrestlemania and i was just like oh this is a very exciting. And that's obviously without knowing the end of the show. You know where it's headed. They're not throwing that away for the people in Saudi Arabia Elimination Chamber. I was disappointed with this because I thought they'd really, if they were going to do what they were going to do, I feel like Lashley should have been able to at least hit something 
on Lesnar, even a prone Lesnar, just hit something on him, just so that you're actually taking the win rather than just a hit to the head with a belt, which about 400 people a year kick out of. Disappointing. Interestingly, this will, of course, when if they do do it, and we're assuming they will, will be the third WrestleMania that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns have faced each other at. Talk about building the future, eh? But that's a rant for later. So, Tom, what were your thoughts? One thing I wanted to address, first of all, is the video package beforehand, which I thought was brilliant. I thought the video package beforehand was really, really good. Really showed um, showed them kind of how their careers, at least in WWE's minds, I, uh, are very parallel to one another, i.e. both amateur wrestlers came into WWE, fucked off into MMA, had pretty good success. So what I did love, and I'm sure this wouldn't have gone um, unnoticed by... Um, by old Matt uh, was that the uh, they were like it took him three fights to win the world champion the UFC heavyweight championship he did lose his first one but they didn't really mention that which uh, but why would you I suppose but um they I thought that that was a really good video package it made me actually think oh hello I'm up for this now I think they did a, a really really good job and obviously the fact they've kind of like there are a lot of parallels between them because you've obviously got like Heyman on one side MVP on the other I just there's there's quite a lot athletically going into this match that I'm I, that I was really looking forward to the match started and I I, I didn't think it was bad. It was, the old man said it was right. It's, it's two bollocks crashing against each other, but they're not in loose fitting boxes. They're in they're in a pair of pants. They're in a pair of white fronts, and they're 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 crashing against each other. But there's no real impact behind it. And you know the person walking's not going to be that suffered by his bollocks crashing together. So it was it was okay. Um, in terms of the ending, I didn't actually mind it. I didn't necessarily like the fact that all it took was a spear and a um belt shot to 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 eliminate Brock Lesnar. Especially it was quite a long time after the belt shot happened that Lashley crawled over and pinned him so I wasn't too much of a fan of that but I really didn't mind the fact that Roman Reigns got involved in the match I, I thought it made sense I was like do you know what that means that means that we don't have to have Brock Lesnar win in the Rumble later on because basically it means that they've got their feud already set up so it means that in my we're either going to get a fresh contender winning the Rumble to face Lashley later on or someone completely different and out of the blue because they've got their storyline already set up now Reigns and uh, Reigns and Brock Lesnar they've got their storyline set up so that's beautiful that's done sorted let's tuck that away for now we don't need to think about that until raw tomorrow night or smackdown on friday so i didn't mind it actually i was watching it and obviously we'll go on to what happens in the rumble later (laughs) but i was i was quite happy with the ending at the time and then it means that lashley can face you know some young upstart or someone who they can re-establish when they win the Rumble. So I was I was quite happy. Yeah, so I'm first of all really glad that you said about the video package, because I thought that was excellent as well. Um, I thought that was really well done. Something with a little bit more imagination, just a little bit different. Actually very similar, I think, to what you get from the UFC with the way they do their video packages, from what and, I've seen anyway. And it was narrated. It was mm. narrated as well, which you don't get, you used to get that a lot. I remember, I remember very vividly, WrestleMania 14, the pre-match video package for The Undertaker and Kane is amazing, because narrated by Michael Cole, I will add, but it's it's really good because he actually properly spins an entire narrative out of it as well, rather than it just showing you clips of what's happened. So I really like that. So yeah, I liked it. I thought it was really good, and as I said, just something a little bit different, something that required just a little bit more work, not just copying and pasting our last video package, but just something different. The match I thought was perfectly fine. I thought it was quite good. I liked it. It was a notch below Rollins and Reigns, but not massively so in my view i thought it was a match that i was actually when they came out for it i was up for it you know it felt like a big match felt like an important match i think lesnar's matches in general do tend 
to feel important, maybe because they don't use them very often, but they always feel like something worth watching. And uh, this was this was this felt that way. The end. I, I've been in two minds about listening to both of you talk about it because I don't know whether it was a bad thing or a good thing. It's what I think they should have done at WrestleMania 31, which is now seven years ago. I, this is the end of that match. So they obviously headlined WrestleMania 31. Most people love the main event for Seth Rollins cashing in the money in the bank in that match. I would have much preferred that match to be the night that Paul Heyman turned on Lesnar, went with Reigns, basically saying that Reigns is the is the next big thing. You know, you were the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. You've now got to the point where you're no longer the next big thing. The next big thing is this guy. And that would have been a very opportune time to turn Roman Reigns because everyone wanted him to be a heel and he should have been a heel at that time. So it's good that they finally got there. But this was a match that didn't even involve Roman Reigns. So why he would turn in this match makes a little bit less sense as well. If you want to use Paul Heyman being in the corner of Brock Lesnar as an advantage, why do it in in a match that he's having with somebody else that doesn't make much sense to me either so I, i'm in mixed minds about it and i think similar to you tom i thought it makes a lot of sense they've got their match now they're going to put this they're going to go up against each other at wrestlemania i think there's a degree to which i let them off for putting them back together again and that is because i'm not really sure what other options they had as major matches at wrestlemania and yeah. you could probably make the case for other major matches i'm sure but really i can't blame them for thinking this is the biggest match they've got because i think it probably is even though they've already done it a number of times in the past so it's difficult to give them too much stick for that judgment at the very least there's also the the argument as well you could say we haven't seen this iteration of Brock and this iteration of Lesnar fight each other either. So you've kind of got that. I know it's not it's not the most exciting, it's not the freshest lineup, but they've got themselves into the situation where this is the only match they could possibly have done. So Antos87 or Anthony Davis, who uh, regularly tweets us over on Twitter, his comments are, to put it into my terms, i.e. Ben Spindler's terms, the whole event was just adequate. Nothing really happened besides Heyman leaving with Reigns, and that didn't have the impact they wanted, as only a few weeks ago, Reigns dropped him. WWE at the moment is just paint by numbers. I like this guy. Go AD. What a lad. Now, he knows the word adequate. That's how, he, that's how he knows a real follower. That is my problem with it. He's put it very well. Is that, like, to your point, Tinky, they have to have this match, Reigns and Lesnar, because there's nothing else. I'm not excited to see it. But I can completely understand why they're doing it. I don't know why they've gone about it this way. I know you need someone to give the title to, but it just doesn't do anything for anyone, I don't think. I'll make a defence for this now rather than after the Rumble match, which is I was going to make a defence for it then as well, to be honest. Not necessarily because I thought it was the absolute best thing they could do or necessarily the right thing they could do. But I do think that if you as a company have decided that the biggest match you've got is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and you want to promote it to not just the people who are watching week on week, then the best place to do this and lay the whole story out in one night is the Royal Rumble when you know there are going to be some people tuning in who haven't watched for the whole year, probably since last year's WrestleMania or last year's Rumble, who are tuning in to see what's going on. And it's the Rumble. You can almost bank on it being relatively decent. So you know the casual fans or the le- or the laps fans or whoever are going to be tuning in to see what's going on. And th- you've got a whole night to sort of go, right, we're going to give you all of the build you need to know about ahead of WrestleMania. We'll do some more things during Raw and the pay-per-views that take place between the two. But ultimately, if all you watch is Rumble and WrestleMania, you get all the story you need here at the Rumble. So I think that 
makes sense to me and that's why i'll defend this you know you've had reigns he didn't win the match but he has retained the title in the opener and now you've had Heyman turn on lesnar with rain and going off with reigns so now you've got a reason why they're going to fight each other i will also defend that at the conclusion of the rumble from the same perspective but we'll get there in a minute we will get there and then i then we can talk about how the rest of the card is shaping up for wrestlemania oh there we go there's a nice little uh nice little yeah. thing in there so what we're going to do now is going to jump into the royal rumble the male royal rumble match we're going to go through it uh, uh entrance by entrance like we always do like we always do. Well, we'll probably take a break halfway through this one, I think. And we'll probably do two breaks today, I think, because I am anticipating this being a longer show. And because there's no there's no interviews during this show at all. No backstage interviews whatsoever. No. So I'm a bit I was a bit running a bit low on things to put in the break. So what I'm gonna put in the break is the acclaims diss track on Sting and Darby Allen. Oh, it's amazing. It's on Rampage the other week because I think it's cracking. So uh we'll we'll do that. We'll we'll mix a little bit of WWE and AEW together just for a little bit of lap, lap. So if those cunts in the wwe are afraid to open the forbidden door we'll do it for them absolutely absolutely how did you i was going to ask you tom because you were obviously got on your high horse the other week about john cena and his rapping i assume that you appreciate the claim somewhat more yeah, yeah he's better um it's not anthony bones it's the other guy in there can't remember his name yeah I can't remember his name. <laughs> um i really like this and i've definitely discussed this to an old man as well but i love the fact that the acclaimed when so um anthony bones gets up on the top corner and he does the old a like the two like a, a v sign but upside down and then the other guy comes in they like scissor each other <laughs> some reason it always cheers me up when i ever see him he's he's much better he's much better let's do it then into the rumble as you all know winner of the Royal rumble gets a title shot of his choice at wrestlemania i always wonder now these days because you've got a choice of what title to go for could you choose like the intercontinental title if you were feeling funny well we're not um old uh shazza old shazza flair picked the nxt women's title didn't she the other year she did yeah she did i i i'd go for the 24 7 title to try and give it a fucking boost <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like i'm going for the european championship and then all of a sudden oh i'm facing no one i've won it Oh, lol. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our first end two entrants in the Royal Rumble Men's Royal Rumble match is AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Pat McAfee dancing on top of the table. So <laughs> we talked earlier on about Pat McAfee, and I did call him a cunt. And I'm gonna, you know, I, I to be honest, I did that just because you couldn't remember his name, and I was thinking that's what we say when you can't remember someone's name. Yes. Um, but I also did criticize him, I think, last week on the show. But I have to be honest, I did quite. Enjoy enjoy him during the show and to be honest i think it was this moment that turned me around on him stood on the table dancing to shinsuke nakamura's entrance theme call for his two entrants but they didn't do anything particularly notable gotta say the intercontinental title is one of the most hideous things i've ever seen and i've seen my <laughs> oh. asshole <laughs> it is repulsive yeah hang on I'm... hang on old man's asshole or the intercontinental title? <laughs> Oh, man's asshole is surprisingly beautiful. <laughs> you know, surprisingly scenic, some might say. Whereas <laughs> that intercontinental belt is absolutely fucking dog shit. It is horrible. Why? Why would you uh, do that to that belt? Tom Tom deflated halfway through that sentence. <laughs> it's 
driven me to white. That's why I've been drinking since Sunday. <laughs> so yeah, there wasn't wasn't much note of note about this at the time. That that is a bit of a reoccurring theme throughout mm. this rumble and throughout mm. both rumbles. There's usually like a moment like where there's a bit of a. I didn't necessarily think there needs to be like a big spot or anything like that. But usually, when most participants come in, they usually have in a rumble a bit of a moment where they come in and make an impact. So whether that's they just come in hot, almost like a hot tag, come in, clear the ring, or at least get into it with someone who they've you know had a. Few with or, or something like that it just doesn't really happen much in this rumble i find and yeah it, it made me think like we chatted last week tinky about the way in which they've got better at creating space in the rumbles to allow certain individuals to take center stage at any given time and i really don't think they t- with the exception of a few people that will come to they didn't really take advantage of that in this rumble i don't think well seeing as we're going to be talking about it for the next 45 minutes or so that's a great way to start but thanks for that mm. Tom brilliant shit that's what, there we go and <laughs> number 30 it's shit <laughs> engine number three is Austin Theory who Pat McAfee says is Mr. McMahon's pet and is a walking talking thirst trap or apparently a walking talking counter thirst Helmsley <laughs> <laughs> you know what a thirst trap is Tinky I believe so I mean, I don't know for definite. I, I'm guessing. Okay. So it's like when you get people who are rather attractive on Instagram posting deliberately revealing or pro- provocative pictures, and that is quite often referred to as a thirst trap. That's what that's that has. Yeah, what that has to do with Austin Theory, I don't actually know. So I don't follow his Instagram. No, he um he's just always taking selfies. Evidently, because he was taking one when he was walking down to the ring. He's like a poor man's Tyler Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that actually. I was like, at least Tyler Breeze had the decency to have a selfie stick oh and fantastic fucking music and great boots totally great hair so entrant number four this is how quickly we're going through them at the moment robert rude that's it as quick as that happens he's out hang on hang on (laughs) in comes robert rude he does some spine busters to shinsuke nakamura and austin theory there's then a standoff between rude and styles and one of the highlights of this rumble kicks in when there is a tna chant in the crowd tna DNA. <laughs> I was like, you sad wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Rude is then eliminated by Styles' flying forearm. Nakamura hits a release suplex on Theory, but then he comes back with a spinning backbreaker. I mean, oh. do you know what? We're going to go through these people quickly because there's nothing to the four people we've seen and we know that AJ Styles is great is a great wrestler and to some extent some people more so than me have got very high opinions of Shinsuke Nakamura mainly based on his work prior to being in, in WWE I've only got Austin Theory who might be good but I don't know because I don't know I've never seen him before and Robert Roode who has proven himself to look a better wrestler than he is I think <laughs> it's fair to say and it's like it's part of me thinks like I haven't got much to say about so many people in this rumble and it just kind of started off below Robert Roode came out he didn't even have the glorious music anymore and that was the one good thing about him in WWE yeah I missed that music too maybe we'll put that at another break if we have two breaks I'll put that in there just lovely stuff glorious well you know having nothing to say about these people is going to change with the next entrant Tom because up next is Ridge Holland (laughs) the entrant of the show apparently he is Seamus's protege and then after he comes in Styles Inseguri's Nakamura out of the ring and Ridge Holland wears out theory Rich Holland's real name is Luke Menzies, which for me and Tommy, well, just that's a little private joke for me and Tommy. No, yeah. I think, well, I think he was there. You might know who he is. You might know who Big yeah. Menzies is. 
it was the guy who worked in the <laughs> in the technology department at for his school. When we were in sick form. <laughs> Benzies. Phil. Phil going, I don't know, what, what are you up to? And he's like, I was <laughs> looking at Menzies. And then he went, uh, Menzies. <laughs> For no reason either. The man didn't even talk like that. Menzies. <laughs> he, he's just a really helpful man as well. He's a lovely chap on Menzies. I can. I, it's really weird, right? Because when you first started talking about, it, I was like, I have no memory of who this person is. And then I was like, actually, there is a strange memory I'm getting now because there was a little computer room, wasn't there? Mm. In yeah. sixth form, and I'm yeah, I'm getting oh, getting a little bit of a memory of it. It's coming back mm. slowly. Menzies, he stank, absolutely stank of coffee. <laughs> All teachers do. Come on. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Just gonna give our bridge Holland a bit of a bump. I thought he was alright actually. Well, there you go. That's, That's a, a ring- there's a ringing yeah, endorsement. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 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 Fucking five stars in the Tokyo Dome. This guy. So, so. he won't. He'll get fifteen wipes. <laughs> In the Tokyo Dome toilet. <laughs> 15 for me. wipes with sandpaper. Yeah, 15 wipes and no one will be having a good time. 15 wipes and a big blob of Germany at the end. <laughs> so, entrant number six is Montez Ford, one member of the Street Profits. Ford almost throws out Styles, but he hangs on and then Holland backdrops Styles. So, you can see I'm really finding the highlights in this uh, in this match yeah. so far. A backdrop. <laughs> big, big work. I mean, you see how high they go? Sometimes, sometimes yeah. they do. Any any thoughts on Montez Ford do we have here? I do. Big fan. He's a really good athlete. What they'll do is they'll split up the street profits. They'll do what they do, where they have them feud, and then both will be released probably within the next three years. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if ordinarily I would agree with you 100%. But he's obviously married to, or at least going out with, Bianca Belair, isn't he? He is, but that's not stopped them releasing people before. Mm, that's true. Again, I, I see a lot of people are very high on Montez Ford. I have seen extremely little of him. And what I have, I thought he was all right. Again, another ringing endorsement. <laughs> but I, I know a lot of people seem to think that he's like, like based on like other podcasts and stuff, I listen, they seem to think that he was, he is a very, very big deal or will be a big deal. But I don't think he is. And I don't pay attention to his podcast anyway. So I was going to say, hang on, what the fuck are you doing? You listening to other podcasts? Fucking hell. Trace, you fucking, fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, engine number seven is Damien Priest, and he hits a backbreaker on theory. He <laughs> he was the guy that I thought they were going to give a good old bump to in this. <laughs> he was one of maybe three people I could think of off the top of my head. I was like, you know what? He's good. They'll give so him he, a little bump. He does a cracking backbreaker, this Damien Priest. <laughs> He's going to go far. <laughs> Well, I, I really thought about Priest here. This was this was the first kind of general thing I thought about the match so far was because he, he doesn't last very long in the match. And I thought, God, he, that he really has fallen on hard times since last year, given he was involved in all the Bad Bunny stuff. He got the mm. big bump off of that. Went into SummerSlam, won a US title, I think, in a relatively high profile match on that night, I think, from what I remember. And now he's like, yeah, just, just chuck him in and then chuck him out. Who cares? Well, you know well, why, he, why he's nothing, don't you? You ain't got the bunny with him. <laughs> you, you're not. You're not. Not any. You're nothing without the bunny. And I did think to myself, they should have had bun, bad bunny in this match when Damien Priest came out. But no, not yet. I don't want to shoot my load too early, as I say every night. But this is the problem with this rumble: is they don't do anything. Mm. They just don't do anything. And large parts of this, I quite enjoyed as well. 
Like, perfectly fine. But they don't do anything with anyone. And when I'm looking at the list of names in front of me, yeah, like I said, maybe three, maybe four names that I pick out that they could do something with. Nah, fuck it. What's the point? The Rumble match is so long that you can literally make, or not make, but you can literally spotlight three or four guys over the course of the match at different times in different ways and make this fun and interesting. You know, we spoke about Royal Rumble 2004 last week. And we talked about Nunzio at some length simply because they had him come out, get soccoed by by Mick Foley, then sit at ringside for like five entrants. Now, that was just a little bit of something, a tiny little thing that made a non-entity like Nunzio interesting during that Rumble match. There's nothing on this show no. that does that. They don't even attempt to come up with some little things in, for people to in do. This, in this match... In this match, in this rumble match, in the yeah, women's in this rumble, rumble, yeah, it's different. We, we, different we haven't got to the we haven't got to the women's rumble match yet, Tom. Come on, I know, I know, but I'm fucking livid. <laughs> <laughs> so, entrant number eight is Sammy Zayn. This is my note after this entrant. There are six men in the ring now. <laughs> <laughs> I will talk about Sammy Zayn after the next entrant. Okay, well, the next entrant is uh, <laughs> Johnny Knoxville. This was perfect, in my okay. opinion. Perfect use of Johnny Knoxville and perfect example of why someone like Sami Zayn is going to be in WWE forever because he makes himself look like an absolute tit <laughs> by getting eliminated by Johnny Knoxville. And Johnny Knoxville, fair play to him, I, so I, there's a little bit... I, he, he properly hits AJ Styles and then AJ Styles <laughs> nearly kills him immediately afterwards. <laughs> and he takes a bump and then gets fucked off at the rumble it's obviously a, a movie tie-in they're doing for the new jackass film that's coming out i was like do you know what that's a good use of a celebrity in the rumble he's not working at the expense of anyone else well it is a little bit of sammy Zayn, i suppose but like he comes over as a little bit of a fuck around with sammy Zayn, then gets eliminated all well and good and i quite enjoyed i quite enjoyed this little this little segment in the rumble if i'm being honest this is my up to this point because then he's the ninth entrant i was like here we go finally something mildly interesting yeah completely agree thoroughly enjoyed this kind of needed the bump because up to this point you were talking about your notes Tinky so after the first two entrants what I've got that about was horrific I've got Austin Theory rude incredible crap music Ow. Rich Holland question mark Montez Ford Priest Zane Knoxville <laughs> to a great pop style stiff in Knoxville nice bit of fun that's my notes <laughs> and I didn't make any so <laughs> that's about 20 minutes worth of notes there <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah this is quite good he comes out with the cast of jackass forever he unloads on Sami Zayn. styles then oh, invites him sod. <laughs> styles then invites him to uh hit him then gets hit by knockville with a with the japanese style forearm the type type of which you might get from yeah a, a kabashi or someone and then um, yeah, he looks looks similar to kabashi actually. <laughs> exactly the same mate exactly the same <laughs> then styles unloads with his combo of punches and kicks montez ford then hits an absolutely massive frog splash yeah <laughs> It's amazing. That is the best frog splash since Dilo Brown. Hang on. It's no money shot. That's not frog splash, is it? Well, no, no, it's it's just sex. It's more more like a a jumping ejaculate than a a frog splash. And then we have Ridge Holland put Knoxville on the apron, but Zane kicks him down. Uh, While celebrating, Zane is then thrown out by AJ Styles. So we've got a couple of eliminations there. Lovely. Entrant number 10 is Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford's teammate in the Street Profits. Uh, then they work together to try and eliminate Priest, but are unsuccessful. A bit disappointed here. We've had a couple of entrants without a backdrop. 
<laughs> yeah, apologies. We probably did have one. I probably just neglected to, to note well, it down. Either, either way, it wasn't an backdrop that was worth making a note of, was it? So no. either way, it's not Tinky's fault for not, it's their fault for not making it impressive enough. Precisely. So then we get entrant number 11, which is Omos, Omas, whatever his name is. Um, the superstars in the ring wait for Omos, but as they charge, he takes them down. He then eliminates both Dawkins and Ford. So there go the Street Profits. He then squares off with AJ Styles, his former partner. And Omos throws Styles, who slides under the bottom rope into the ring post and falls down to the floor. But obviously isn't eliminated because he went under the bottom rope. He's fucking enormous. He throws some people out. But what he does is he throws out, to this point, definitely one of the best athletes in the ring in Montez Ford, and he throws out the Priesty baby. And I'm just like, what are you doing? And he chucks out Dawkins as well, who I'm quite a big fan of. I'm, uh, sorry, lads, I'm getting emotional about this. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what they're trying to do, like Tinky's little rant about how The Undertaker tried to put Amos over on the bump. But don't put these fucking people in the ring with him. And then he doesn't have to do it. Like Chuck, Devious Dolph comes in. He's Teflon, you can do anything to that cunt. Seamus ain't going to lose anything. If he's lobbed out, you've got all these people coming in. And you're like, why are you chucking out these people that I actually want to watch? You came you came dangerously close to, who are these people? <laughs> 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 Do you know, I think one day we should try and get Ian Holloway on this podcast. <laughs> See how he'd get on. Especially I, I, for a Royal Rumble, because he could literally, quite literally sit there and say, who are these people every single time someone comes out? <laughs> to be honest, that's how I feel most of the fucking time whenever I'm watching <laughs> yeah. a more recent thing. I, I, I agree 100% with what old man said then through uh, do you know i should have just mailed in my list of cunts to the, to the yeah. WWE and be like have omas throw these out he, and omas is awful he's so awful he just after he throws someone at the ring he just turns around and looks around and just like stumbles around in the ring looking like he doesn't have a fucking <laughs> he's like he's like, like me after i'm after i've had a few too many trying to find a clean glass in the kitchen in the dark I'm just stumbling around trying to, I need some water and I'm just like stumbling around in the dark being like I know I fucking left a glass around there somewhere that I can drink out of not that my kitchen's that dirty or anything but you know it's just oh it's awful he is absolutely dreadful and he I, I don't get yeah he's big uh, all right i've got Do a very mean, very worrying feeling that we're going to get ad styles versus omasa wrestlemania it's definitely what, what we're going to get yeah 127 percent. What, what, what a horrific waste of aj styles a man who at what 45 probably doesn't have a huge amount of wrestlemanias left in him so uh, come on guys just give him something better than that and, and the, the other thing is as well is that like the genuinely one of us three can have a better match with AJ Styles than Omas, I think. I think he could bump for us and we'd get winded incredibly quickly, but it would still be a better match than one with Omas because no one would be expecting anything from us. Well, I'm not there expecting big things very much, but I still think we'd have a better match with him. It would be like the equivalent of us three being sleazy, wheezy, and cheesy versus AJ Styles. That'd be lovely. So, entrant number 12 is Ricochet. He delivers a missile dropkick to Omos, but then gets flapjacked by Omos. Theory and, then, and Ricochet take on Omos, but he does something to them. Swats them away. Sorry, I couldn't read my own writing. <laughs> It is a lovely flapjack. This is not a McVitie's flapjack. This is a flapjack from an artisan bakery because he goes so high in the air and he does the old grasping for stuff, <laughs> doesn't he? Lovely old job. There you go. Thanks, um, thanks, Ricochet. We'll see you next year. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, flapjacks, I had a flapjack earlier. It was delicious. It oh, wasn't well. from an artisan bakery. It was from Yui. Was it, as, uh, was it as good as Omos's flapjack on Ricochet? It tasted better, and unfortunately, Tom stole my joke when he said, right, that's it, fuck off Ricochet next year. 
I was going to say the taste lasted longer than Ricochet's push will. <laughs> Ricochet's push was more like someone accidentally bumping into someone on the way into the bus. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. You're, you're right. You're right. Sorry. My, I'm so sorry. Especially considering that, like, we're English, we're very. We make sure that we apologise plentifully. Entrant number thirteen is Chad Gable. Gable tries to rouse the troops against Omos. He sends Priest after Omos, but he gets knocked down. Omos throws Priest out, but then the rest go after Omos. And for some reason, I haven't written that he gets eliminated, but that's what happens here. So he gets eliminated when AJ Styles finishes him off with a lovely kind of flying... With a, with a hand job. That's what he finishes him off with. I mean, you could call a flying forearm a hand job, I suppose. So this is where they're all in a, like, I don't know, let's say a gaggle. There's a gaggle of wrestlers going after Omos. And uh, old Chaddy G, old Shorty G, sends Damien Priest over to him. And he chucks Damien Priest out like he's a dirty little cum tissue. That's what he does. It's just... Such a waste, such a waste. Then you get AJ Styles, fair play, like great, great guy. But you've got Austin Theory. <laughs> great guy. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I think he's probably not a great guy. And then you've got Austin Theory, Chaddy G, Dominic Mysterio, which come from somewhere. Yeah, sorry, um, I, I, I got the I got the order mixed up a little bit. So after they go after uh-huh. Omos, Dominic Mysterio comes down as entrant number fourteen, and then the lot of them get rid of Omos. Yeah, you've got all these. Let's be honest, without AJ Styles, there's no fucking names there. Well, that, that's exactly, that was exactly going to be my point after the next entrant. But by that point, we're, we're 14 people in this Rumble. There's only one person I could feasibly see winning this. And the odds are that because he's coming at number one, he's going to do a bit of a shift in the Rumble and probably not win it. You know, when you get into this point, I'm like... Mm-hmm. Well, so at this point, I want to name my MVP of the show, which is Chad Gable. Because what Chad Gable does is he plots he he gets everyone together comes up with a game plan to get rid of omos it is easily the most realized and successful thing in this world rumble match including <laughs> the booking and the wrestling you <laughs> know what? Sense. yeah and that's sad, isn't it? <laughs> so let's, let's just keep going, shall we? Um, so, yes, yeah, so entrant 14 is Dominic Mysterio, and then entrant 50 is Baron Corbin, making the seventh Rumble appearance in his career, can you believe? No, no, it's Happy Corbin. It is Happy Corbin, I'm sorry, yes. Uh, Corbin chokeslams theory. He pushes Ricochet out as he tries to springboard, as Ricochet tries to springboard off the rope. This was one thing that I noticed, a little bit of a trend during this Rumble match, was that everybody was placed on the apron first before and being eliminated. eliminated yeah and i remember saying the same thing last year about yeah. the women's rumble mistakenly yeah. thinking it was because you know of a height related issue but i noticed that an awful lot in this one and i wonder if it's just a maybe they're just a bit more conscious about lobbing people over the top rope i don't know i don't know it just seems it seems a bit i don't know it's a bit anticlimactic because there so many times there's like a, unless they've only just realized that they can do that <laughs> you know, like it just seems like well what we can actually do is have them on the open and someone can kick them off and then that'll be different than everyone being thrown out the top rope yeah let's have everyone eliminated that way shall we it's just bollocks isn't it because there's no tension you do it a couple of times in the match yeah there's a little bit of tension they're like oh they're hanging on for dear life they're hanging on for dear life. but when you get probably 20 people eliminated from the apron you're like well the stupid cunt's gonna grow out there they probably deserve it to be honest and also, to your point about them taking rough bumps, Tommy, you wait until fucking Kofi Kingston turns up. Mm. 
and 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 that that shows what they think of them not taking rough bumps i think they're just crap that's what i think that's entrance 15 dealt with and that brings us to halfway through the royal rumble which is where i was going to take our first break of the evening i'm making the assumption we're going to end up needing two breaks so we will come back in just a few moments and complete the men's rumble and then go on to the rest of the show yes let's get that piss out of my body hi i'm darby allen this is stang welcome to rampage Grown man, and they going through a guy face. Darby, you were living in your car with a hot plate. I sent you right back to it if you not game. Beat you down bad, got you put in on a rock tape. In the ER till the next morning. Bet that you're a virgin with your fake sex story. We should put your promos on a cue card. You got the crowd feeling half dead like you are. Two grown men, and they going through a guy face. Stinging Darby, they be saying where the cops stay. Claim, staying where the ops say, illness in the game. By the way, we do not play. I heard Sting talking tough like it's nothing wrong. Me and Bowen's about to hit your ass with a buckle bomb. And why you acting so hard like this? Got a big black bat for your small white. Hey, two grown men and they going through a goth phase. Two broke girls on the TV, it does not change. Yeah, they like it unironically of all things. When Darby's getting in trouble, he's got a call Sting. The acclaim steady whipping your ass. We take your knees out, homie, like you did at the clash. When they see us running up, yo, they hop in the whip. Forget a coffin drop, I'll make you do a hospital flip. Bitch, two grown men, and they going through a god phase. Stinging Darby, they be staying where the cops stay. The acclaim, staying where the ops stay. Illness in the game, by the way, we do not play. Okay, so part two and the second half of the Men's Royal Rumble. And what a way to start! Absolutely, what a way to start. This is Tom's personal highlight, I'm sure it is. My pick to win it. <laughs> Dolph, my pick to win it, Ziggler. Um, and he is the, this is his 15th Royal Rumble match. That just shows you how long he's been around. So after he comes in, Corbin hits a deep six. That's his move, isn't it? Deep six, is that right? Yeah, uh, hits, he hits a deep six on Dominic and throws him out. Styles then eliminates Theory after blocking a suplex. Of course, if we're sticking with Tom's sexy theme, you could say uh, deep dicks. To <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought it was more of a deep four, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I wasn't that impressed by it. Oh. And, and he could also be old, <laughs> old Chappie Corbin. <laughs> old Chappie Corbin. <laughs> Chap Corbin. <laughs> Oh, Chappie. <laughs> oh, that's tickled me. Just carry on amongst yeah. yourselves. <laughs> oh, old man finding himself absolutely hilarious. Right oh, someone's got to it, mate. <laughs> Entrance Good 17 shit. is another one of Tom's uh, favourites, I imagine. He's, mm. I believe I believe he's on the cunt list, isn't he? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Seamus. Um, after Seamus comes in, Styles eliminates Ridge Holland. Seamus then goes straight after Styles. Seamus hits the Irish curse backbreaker on Chad Gable. Then he hits 10 beats of the Baron on Styles, which could appear to be quite a dangerous place for Styles. But there's no follow up to this because the next entrant comes in just as that's happening. I have no, no beef with Seamus at all. Absolutely no problem with him. But people like him should be banned from the Rumble because he's not going to win. <laughs> Ginger Cause, people, because he's not going to win. Sickly pale people, <laughs> transparent people. <laughs> he's not going to win it, but you know he's going to occupy some people, and he might throw some people out. 
hang on, hang on. He's going to occupy some people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I actually meant was occupy some time. I see. In the rumble, but you know what? Yeah, but yeah, just no. Just don't worry about him. Just take a year off, Shamers. Come back when you've got a storyline that isn't having a mate that you're going around beating people up with. I will say as well, in terms of the tiers on the list of cunts, Seamus is quite low on there. Okay, fine. Hang on, so is that... Good or bad? <laughs> yeah. He, no. Uh, I don't know, what do you think would be better? He, he's not as bad as some of them. He's not is a top-tier he... cunt, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is he two rungs up the cunt ladder? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Well, he's not He's not quite at the top of the cunt ladder. He's not grabbing the cunt belt. <laughs> but he's Shame. just in the bottom. Shamuff. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or Shavemus. <laughs> Engine number 18 is Rick Boogs. <laughs> I don't think, do, do we really need to do anything? Rick Boogs. We're in such a rush to get anything out then because it was just an easy one. <laughs> Shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, it was a bit like that one. <laughs> right. Um, what I wanted to say, I genuinely didn't know if it was boobs or if it was boobs. I'm sure they kept saying boobs the entire time. Can I also mention at this point, actually, up until Johnny Knoxville and after Johnny Knoxville until now, there's been no reaction to anyone. From the crowd, <laughs> no reaction whatsoever. They felt exactly how I would have been, but I noticed that through the almost most of the card. So I don't know if there was like a the sound mix was off slightly, or just no one's over. I, I think this might be something to do with WWE piping in the crowd mm. um, noise and it actually making everyone feel like they're not over because the it means that the crowd noise it just stays at the same level all the way through because they've got that constant piping in of of crowd noise. I noticed that they, so when they'd put on the screen, they'd put, um, so on the television screen, not the screen in the arena, they'd put what the next match was, there'd be the big cheer. And it was like, they're not cheering. I can see the crowd. Yeah, it's pathetic, isn't I it? Did, you know, I hadn't noticed that at all. But one thing I yeah. did notice, I just want to go back on something about things being redubbed over. I watched in anticipation for this. I watched the AJ Styles, um, like Untold or whatever it is, you know what I mean, about oh, yeah. his debut at the Rumble. And they have gone in and dubbed over his music in the footage that they show of that. Because when he first came out, he didn't have the music that he has now. It was a, it was a, a, a version of it, but it wasn't the same song. And they've redubbed over it. And I thought, that's cheap. That's ruined that for me now. So I went mm. back to go onto the actual Rumble to see if that was the case and they've done it on the actual rumble as well which again just takes away the moon because you're like well you fucked around with it now so the crowd reaction Mm. doesn't sound as good as it does because you've overdubbed it with his music yeah i think there is a general problem there with wwe just overproducing basically in every single way and this is just another example i understand it if this like on like we've seen on ecw shows or wcw shows they don't have the license for the music that makes perfect sense to me but just doing it over like, what, who does that benefit? Because they would have already owned that music that he came out to anyway. Don't know. I don't guess, know. I'd it's, imagine it's, it's like how long they have it for. They probably had it to use for three years or something stupid like that. And then they were like, right, well, we're not using that anymore. And it does take away from it completely because it was fucking enormous, that pop. Yeah. And people were coming. 
people were just fucking each other. They were so excited in the crowd. I was doing it at home. On me well, it is, it is the Royal Cumble. So what do you say? It is. You, you were shagging the sofa, weren't you, old man? It was quite uncomfortable. I was there. Yeah, well, let's be honest. I was shagging the sofa, but then I was also shagging that bloody teddy. <laughs> it, would, it would have been uncomfortable, but I was doing the sofa on the other end. So, <laughs> <laughs> on me, we fucking Eiffel Tower the shit out of that sofa. <laughs> we gave that sofa the right wobbly H treatment, didn't we? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know what? The so, sofa still talks about it to this day. <laughs> so, Rick Boobs, anyway, is into the room. <laughs> Rick Boobs! <laughs> and uh, you said that, that nobody had any reaction um, until this point. And that's because Rick Boogs does apparently get the chance cheering Boogs, but um, it has to be explained by, I believe, by Pat McAfee um, because it sounds like they're booing him. I was thoroughly impressed with old Dick Boobs because he's very strong. He was lifting people up. It's not impressive, really. Well, it is because he's very strong, but it's just something different. It was just someone not coming in and fucking backdropping people. <laughs> he does a one-handed military press on uh, Gable, MVP Gable, it should be said, and eliminates him. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, oh, Rick Boobs has got a fucking tash that does not quit either. <laughs> it is tremendous. It is... It is Freddie Mercury at Live Aid-esque. Magnificent Tash. Brilliant work. Um, Great follicles. Yeah, uh, Pat McAfee McPhee, uh, does... Um, Nanny McPhee says... Yeah, <laughs> yeah does reference uh, Freddie Mercury. Yes, he does. Yeah. Entrant number 19 is Madcap Moss. Uh, I, think I've, I think he's Riddick Moss as well, I assume, is what he used to be. So he comes out and joins Corbin, his friend, tag team partner, whatever he is, and they attack Seamus. Boogs then military presses Ziggler. Um, Moss and Corbin then double team Styles and eliminate him. So Styles came in at number one. He's lasted here till about entrant 19, but it was one of the least interesting quote unquote Iron Man performances you'll ever see. And it wasn't really an Iron Man performance. He was only there for half an hour. So it wasn't really even there that long. And why not? You've got him this far. Yes. Let him go the distance because then I is a major, major problem in both Rumbles. There's no one that you're like, you're following through the match. As like I said earlier, no one does anything. You're not following people through. That's the, that's the excitement. It's the thing where, oh, the last few are coming down. Oh, AJ Styles is still there. I mean, they are fond of having people go all the way through. He might bloody win it, but he ain't because those cunts have thrown him out. Selfish. Yeah, I think... Um... Just something here, and when 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 you've got nothing going on, this mm-hmm. would have been a nice way to at least make it seem like something was going on, which was Styles going all the way, maybe towards the end and getting close yeah. to winning the whole match. That's it. It's not hard still, is it? Especially well, when it's AJ Styles. Yeah, and because as you said, he's there. He's in the yeah. match. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. Just fucking terrible. So entrant number twenty is Riddle. Riddle scooters to the ring. There are lots of bro chants. He does a German suplex on Riddick Moss, Madcap Moss, but then Mass and Moss. God, but then Moss and Corbin double team Riddle. It's Moss, Moss. Who the fuck is Moss? <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, Moss and Corbin then managed to eliminate Rick Boogs. I must admit, I think I quite like Riddle from what I've seen. I've seen very, very little. 
but I think he's quite good. And he is the only person after Johnny Knoxville now that's elicited a real reaction from the crowd. The only person who's genuinely over as an actual wrestler is taken 20 entrants in the Rumble to get in after maybe AJ Styles at the beginning. Your admission that you like Riddle sounded very much like a confession there, Tom. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know anything about him, really. I'd be lying if I said I've seen anything and what little I have, I've been reasonably impressed by. The only problem I will say, he's not wearing enough clothes. It's too much skin on show again. No no shoes. I can I can accept the lack of shoes. The one good thing Snooker had about him is he had some little ankle supports and knee braces and some elbow pads and some wrist pads. And I know he murdered someone old man. Yeah, I know we will. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, but Matt Riddle needs to learn a little bit from Snooker there because there's too much skin on spades. Get some elbow pads on, get some knee pads, some wrist support, some ankle tape, then we're fine. <laughs> I do agree. It is a lot of skin, but at least he looks fucking different. Mm. He's not fucking, mm. hey, you get those pants on all that singlet and then you walk down to the ring exactly the same way, please. And to Tommy's point about the crowd reaction, 100%. He's over. How about, you know what? You know what they should do? They should give him a little rub in this rumble. I thought to myself at this moment, as I was watching the rumble, I thought they could do something quite interesting, yeah? They could have Riddle win the rumble, and then they could have him and Randy win a tag match, show a little bit of signs of dissent, then have Riddle win the title at the rumble, and then have a little feud afterwards with Randy Orton afterwards, because Randy Orton's jealous. Which is what they'll do, but there won't be a world title involved. It will just be them going... Hey, you cost me a tag match that we're in a tag team with, and I'm not happy. So, should we have a match at WrestleMania that's built in about 10 minutes? Yeah, cool. Bye. Love you. Don't love you anymore. See, I, I totally agree with old man. I, I, I'm quite, I, I would be very happy if they didn't go in anywhere near that. I, I just mm. think you don't need to split them up. You do this every year. Someone has to be in a position to get split up before WrestleMania is so boring, so tired. But the idea that Riddle would win the Rumble, Tom, is very much in keeping with the rumours that that's exactly what was planned for the show. They had apparently just a few days beforehand were still in the mode of having Riddle win this before they made changes to the plan. So clearly WWE seemed to be quite high on him, although not too high on him because they didn't give him the win in the end. But the, the thing is as well, though, like, okay, the, the storyline that I just quickly threw out there is is, is not, a, not a particularly good one. But at this point, I'm like, well, they've already got the Reigns and Lesnar match set up. So it'd be a good opportunity to build someone, you know, for the future to, to have the, the match with Lashley or somewhere else to get a bit more interest in the, uh, in, in the main event of WrestleMania. I will comment on Riddle winning the Rumble, though. And the idea that that's what they originally had, because actually forget what they actually did, because I'm not saying that's better. But what I'm saying is I don't think it would have been a good thing for Riddle to win this Rumble. I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think they have got him to that point. I think where we've seen previously up and coming guys win the Rumble when it's worked, it's been guys that have basically already got there, are already the most popular person in the in the company or the, mo- the biggest heel in the company. And the Rumble has just confirmed them in that position. So I'm thinking Shawn Michaels in 95 or 96, Austin in 97 or 98. I'm thinking even Batista in 2005. They're already basically there. They just need to be confirmed in that position. Whereas when they've tried to elevate someone using the Rumble alone, like I'm thinking Sheamus when he won it or Del Rio when he won it or someone like that, it doesn't really work. And so 
I don't think they should have given him the win. I don't think it was the right idea to give Riddle the victory. I think if they had put him in a better position by the time we got to the Rumble, and he was moreover and was in the eyes of the fans just about to hit the top spot in the company, that's a great time to do it. But I just don't think you can just make someone out of nowhere. They've got to almost be there before you have them win the Rumble. The problem is no one there is in that position. No, I agree. So it's it's either got to be a tried and tested someone or something completely out of the blue. And I yes. think at least something out of the blue leads you to something that could be interesting. It could be shit, but if it's not some if it's not something you've already seen before, at least it's something different. And also, what you can do is you can shit them out of the fucking shot at WrestleMania. You could get it off of them some way, and then you're creating a little narrative where, especially if it's a face, you're like, "Oh, we wanted to see that guy." Then you give him a little bump with the audience. It's not difficult, is it, lads? Why do they make it look so fucking hard, silly cunts? <laughs> I mean, we've all successfully ran our own wrestling company, and we must say it's right we incredibly have. well. Yeah, it's a it was a multi-billion-dollar industry until you until you had sex with that sheep, Tom, and then we had to shut it down. Well, to be fair, mate, if you saw the sheep. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just don't think Riddle would have been the right way to go. That's not to say that what they do is better. I'm just saying that, you know, they need to come up with something else. And they they have a staff to come up with something else. So it's not like they, they can't do this. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. They they can't do it. That's true. They well they've yeah. proven they can't do it. But anyway, mm. entrant twenty one is a man who has won the rumble in the past, Drew McIntyre. There's a healthy pop for him. Apparently this is his return to the WWE. I didn't realise he'd gone away though, so it didn't make much of a difference to me. He he takes on Moss and Corbin and eliminates both with ease. He then rolls out and continues to beat Corbin and Moss up, destroying them with the ring steps. Yeah, apparently they'd injured his neck. Okay. That's it. Drew cool. Drew McIntyre. Do do Mackin who gives a fuck? <laughs> as I call him. Wow. Okay. Right. So we go on to entrant number twenty-two, which is Kevin Owens. Uh, Owens and McIntyre brawl in the aisle, and then in the ring, Owens hits him with a pop-up powerbomb. Owens stomps on Riddle's feet. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I must admit, I really like that. I and did. It's those, I those little things that Kevin Owens does that I really like. I remember when he threw out AJ Styles at the aforementioned Rumble that we spoke about earlier, and he just grabbed him and said, Welcome to WWE, and chucked him at the Rumble. He does these little things in matches that I really enjoy. And I must say, he looks in great shape as well. Mm. Okay, he's dropped a couple of pounds. It kind of means he's lost a little bit of that schoolyard bully look, which I quite liked about him. But he looks in pretty good shape, and he moves around the ring phenomenally. And, phenomenally. and yeah, I. I I, I do like Kevin Owens and even though he's been around long enough to be on the list, he'll never quite make it on the list because he's got that intangible something in the ring that I quite enjoy to enjoy watching. I'm also going to add that he could definitely beat up a load of school kids, even though he's dropped some weight. He definitely out of his way. <laughs> Hang on. No, not out of his way. He definitely beat up <laughs> some school kids. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you'd hope so or else what's the point? <laughs> I do like the fact that he stamps on his feet. It's just, it's just obvious though, isn't it? It's just a logical thing you would do. If you just think about your role as a wrestler, what would you do to get an advantage? Stamp on his feet. The guy don't wear any shoes. He's a dickhead. Stamp on his feet. Next up, it's entrant 23, which is Rey Mysterio. He has an exchange with Owens and Sheamus and Riddle, but is then stunned by Owens. Then Sheamus and McIntyre take turns blasting Owens. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Tiki. Hey, it's the Royal Cumble, mate. <laughs> um, Ray Mysterio, right? I, I need to address this now. I'm not having this singlet lark that he's wearing. And fair play to him, he's what well into his 40s now. He's 47. He's earned his little gut. But that singlet <laughs> that he's wearing 
Don't hide it at all. So don't wear it. We all know you've got a little gut under there. It doesn't hide it. Just whip, just whip the single off because it makes you look weird. <laughs> just, I just find it makes him look really odd. A really low cut. It's not even as if it's like a like a vest top or anything. It's like an I don't know what it's like. It's like it, a, it's like it, a, it's, a, it's a gut cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a muscle shirt but tight. So yeah, like like yeah. yeah like you see these pricks at the gym who are like. They're wearing a fucking vest, but it's barely a vest. It's almost like they're wearing it around their knees. So then uh, out comes for the number 24 spot, Kofi Kingston. Mm. Here we go. I I didn't exactly see what happened here. So I saw that Kofi Kingston kind of got up onto the ropes and Owens pushed him off. And then he falls down to the floor, grabs hold of the ring barrier and tries to keep his feet off the ground. But they show a replay and he hasn't managed to do so. What is going on here? Was this intentional? What what's nah. happening? That's a it's, botch. It, yeah. As I put in my notes, Kingston out, spot blown, matching tires. <laughs> because this was the thing. This was gonna be the thing that picked the crowd up for the big ending, I think, and they fucked it. He fucked it. But the thing is, what was annoying about that was the, the spot was botched. He ended up having to go at the rumble. Two things I thought. First of all, it wasn't even an original spot because I've seen John Marson do the same thing in the past. Mm. John Marson's done the exact same spot. The second thing is after the spot happened, Kofi Kingston was like, my God, he must have probably like clattered his ribs when he landed yeah. on, on the barrier and like probably like winded himself. So I'm actually genuinely quite glad that it didn't work because he looked like he was in absolute agony at that point. The reason I thought I considered whether or not it really was a botch was that they had no reason to show the replay. No reason at all. I think they did because also there's the bit where the referee is talking to Kingston and he's looking at him and he's like, the referee is just obviously telling him, he's like, no, 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 you've got caught. So they have to show him being eliminated. Yeah, I suppose be- so. Yeah, because otherwise they'll just be like, at the end, they'll be like, why is Kofi Kingston still impaled on that barrier, the poor guy? Oh, it's because his chest is caved in. What they could have done, which would have been quite interesting, is if they if they thought ahead of things to protect themselves from that spot, they could have not had a camera directly on that bit and had, like, shown, like, from the hard camera, Kofi going off over the side mm-hmm. and then had a cameraman almost run around the ring to see him, like, hanging on that spot and then show it from multiple different angles but not show that bit. But the problem is they're so tightly well produced that they're not going to not show that spot being exactly how it should be i've got a different way they could have gone about this which is they could have had him do it and they could they must have been aware that there was a chance he wouldn't be able to pull it off because they show the replay really quickly they obviously had a an alternative plan to, to cope with it because they did the rest of the match without whatever kofi kingston was going to do in the rest of the match i'll, I'll so, tell you what he was going to do a couple of high spots and chucked out by so, so therefore, what they could have done instead is gone, right, you know what? We'll have Kofi Kingston do it. We'll have him stay in the match. We will show the replay, but we'll have the referee declare that his feet didn't touch the floor. And then what we can do is we can have Kofi even go quite far in the rumble and people even dispute that he should be there because we've seen that the referee did. He just made a bad call. We've seen the replay. He did. His feet did hit the floor. But actually, you know, the referees made a mistake. I don't, I don't understand why you couldn't. In fact, if you'd have had Kofi Kingston win from that spot, that could have been even more interesting because then he could be like, well, hang on. Kofi, is, is, he should never have been in the match in the first place. I think physically impossible for him to get. Once he'd lost that tension and his feet hit the floor, I don't think it would have been possible for him to get out of the spot. Mm. I think he would have 
just beats it. Right? It would have been quite funny now, wouldn't it? If he just <laughs> made a complete arse of himself. <laughs> looking looking like he's scrabbling for his life, not not like he's like on a cliff edge, but he's actually just <laughs> like an inch off the floor. I was going to say, to your point, Tinky, that, is, that, that scenario is actually impossible because that takes some foresight and not being a lazy cunt. Well, what I'm saying is they must have had some foresight because they had in some way thought, well, if it doesn't come off, we'll just have him eliminated. So they obviously had thought about what they would do if it didn't come off. But it makes me think they didn't have any plan for him anyway. Probably. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Two hoots of a cockerel's horn... whether or not Kofi Kingston gets eliminated at this stage or not so let Kofi do whatever the fuck he wants to try and get himself some shine because it doesn't matter it's all indifferent your face might say different but you can't argue with that (laughs) I'm not going to argue with it no I'm trying to blow past it to be honest because we've still got probably an hour and a half of the show to go and I don't want I don't want everyone to enough at that moment (laughs) (laughs) nothing matters stop listening it's pointless (laughs) entrant number 25 is Otis and I've got zero notes oh yeah Uh, that's the noise that he used to make before you turned into this like alpha academy guy he used to go oh yeah 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 and then he'd just walk around making noises just like hitting himself which i really enjoyed but now he's purely otis full stop i thought for a moment you were doing a really crap impression of the matching man no 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 that'd be (laughs) (laughs) that was elizabeth for anyone who didn't get the uh, translation (laughs) elizabeth Funnily enough, he did look a tiny bit like Randy Savage, you know, in his later years after he <laughs> stopped with <laughs> What, his rotting corpse? <laughs> yes, that's right, yeah. Um, oh, we're talking the bone saw years, the, the Toby Maguire years. No, no, after that, after that, it's still a little bit later than that. <laughs> Number 26 is Big E. He comes in, delivers a belly-to-belly suplex on Owens, a Northern Lights throw on Riddle, and a big splash on Owens. Then there's some New Day Rocks chants until Sheamus hits Big E with the bro kick. He's another one, Big E. So I've got him, Riddle, Damian Priest. Those were the three that I thought of where I was I, like, you know what? Especially Large E. So here's what, here's an alternative. And admittedly, partially, it is because I know that Kofi's spunk that spot, right? But here's an alternative to the match ending that we could go with. Um, the alternative is, effectively what happens, Kofi Kingston does a spot. They deliberately have it so that his feet do touch the floor, but the referee calls it wrong. They have Kofi Kingston get back in the ring. The match comes down to Kofi Kingston and Biggie. There's no surprise entrant at the end. It comes down mm. to Kofi Kingston and Biggie. Kofi Kingston wins it. And then you start to set in motion a little bit oh, of like tension and annoyance between the two New Day members. That's a much better ending than the one we got, I think. Well, it is a much better ending, and it's also logical, which is, again, like to Tom's point, that's why they ain't going to do it. And, you know, it's not like we're saying this is going to be the main event, because you know you've got Lesnar versus Roman Reigns anyway, so it's, it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's not the big match of the of WrestleMania, but that could be a way to go with the other belt, and it would also be a story that I think people would be interested in seeing. You know, the New Day have been a team for a long time now, like seven years. So I think a bit of tension between them in the build-up to WrestleMania would be quite cool and also it leaves you with Xavier Woods I don't know what he's up to probably probably polishing his trombone somewhere injured is he yeah so you've got him choosing between his two best friends Brad Maddox or Paige (laughs) that's a bad taste 
So, entrant number 27 is absolutely... My MVP MVP of the night. (laughs) I knew that was coming. Bad Bunny, (laughs) making a surprise entrance into the Rumble. He hits a flying crossbody on Sheamus to enter the ring. Then he double crosses Riddle after they have a short alliance uh, and hits his destroyer on Riddle. Sheamus then goes after Bunny and is placed on the apron and goes for a brogue kick, but Bunny pulls down the rope and Sheamus is eliminated. Then Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio eliminate Dolph Ziggler. Okay, just before Tommy comes in, I enjoyed this, but they did more for Bad Bunny than they did for anyone else in this match, which I think is an enormous problem. But I still thoroughly enjoyed it. He had he had the moment that nobody else had. We had the Mm. moment to get some shine on him, which again I thoroughly enjoyed. But looking back on it, it's ridiculous. His what I'm going to assume is called the Puerto Rican destroyer on Matt Riddle is amazing. (laughs) It's so good. I know all of the effort basically goes to the person who's taking the move, but it was still an amazing, amazing thing to see. And I just really enjoyed it. And the things I don't think if it was Johnny Knoxville in this situation who had that shine then it would have been done it would have been really bad and left a real bad taste in your mouth because obviously bad bunny's had his match already he's had his moment and and people from what i've heard from like interviews and stuff like that about like from people who have worked with him and, and stuff i've said that he really genuinely absolutely loves it this isn't like a for a promotional reason it's a great get for wwe because it puts the eyes on them because he's a you know a multi-million you know record selling artist or streaming artist i suppose but because he genuinely loves professional wrestling and puts a lot of work into it when he makes these little appearances i was oh, i was loving it. as soon as that track came in as soon as booker t his song booker t came in i was like hello i know this and i was like yes fucking bad bunny come on come on england bad bunny will go into the hall of fame this year i reckon mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's a good but, yeah just there's no other reason for the cunt to be there to be honest yeah but like, yeah the best match at mania last year he didn't, but no, he didn't. It, 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 it was it was the biggest surprise. Well, give him that because it bloody was a surprise, and I'm still surprised. Yeah, I mean, I just you're right though. It is a real problem that this is the person they spotlighted the best in the entire match other than perhaps the winner i suppose and yeah anybody else could have had this spot like just give anybody else a little bit of a shine a little bit of a spotlight but no we're going to give it to bad bunny i get that the bad bunny connection probably does a lot for wwe uh and in their you know mainstream publicity i don't think actually though that stuff these days does anything for i think it does them it gives them some publicity but i don't think it does very much else i don't think they sell very much off the back of bad bunny except for the t-shirt obviously that tom you, you bought um I don't know if there's another rumble bad bunny t-shirt this year i'm getting it well maybe that's maybe that's the trick but uh, the way i look at it is if for example I don't know, i'm trying to think of something that makes sense in popular culture now which is not going to work because i don't really follow popular culture very much but if your favorite band or your favorite artist of some kind you know was due to play on like the one show you're not going to tune into the one show to watch them just like you if you were if you were a big bad bunny fan but you didn't care about wrestling you wouldn't tune into wrestlemania or rumble to see bad bunny it just wouldn't would you i wouldn't i guess you're right some people probably would yeah just really tough because it's really tough to really enjoy something but know that it's absolute bullshit because of what they've done to everyone else and don't get me fucking started on the next cunt so yeah i was going to say talking of bullshit in comes entrant number 28 surprise entrant shane o'mac 
after Shane McMahon is comes in, he uh, Mysterio is eliminated by Otis. Then Kevin Owens hits Shane Mac with a pair of super kicks, but then Shane eliminates Kevin Owens. Uh, Shane and Drew McIntyre then start to fight. It's it's a surprise in which like it's a surprise if I shit my pants in bed. <laughs> You know, it's like it's like who like really and also I don't know if you guys have seen this, but apparently today he's been quietly let go. Yeah. By the company. Yeah. So don't know what happened there, but you think to yourself, even as if you couldn't think anymore, what is the point in this? Even now, what four days later, five days later, four days there, five days, I don't know, whatever it is, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking that guy. It's the guy from the uh, from six form. <laughs> <laughs> Menzies, Menzies, Menzies. <laughs> um, it makes it begs a question. It's like, what was the point in any of this? This is this is shit. Shane McMahon looks like he's gonna burst. He's doing his best Kevin, what's his name, Scott Norton impression. So he looks like he's about to burst at any moment. It's just fucking awful. Fuck off, Shane McMahon. So some background on the McMahon release, and I don't know much about it because it's literally come out as we're recording this. But apparently, the reports coming out of the Rumble was that he was largely involved with shaping this Rumble match. So I think it's less for what he did in the ring and more for what he did backstage in shaping this match. And apparently he was very difficult to work with, very confrontational whilst doing it. And they have WWE internally have acknowledged that this match wasn't very good. So I have a feeling that it's largely about his attitude and his performance backstage as opposed to his performance in front of the cameras. If it was about his performance in front of the cameras, he'd have been released a long time ago. This is true. Now, I feel like we're going to go into a little negative spiral shortly. So I want to bring up this week's Tyron Baxton of the Week. In 1980, the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter named our favourite Ken Patera as the most impressive wrestler. Tyron Baxton of the Week. Absolutely love it. Nothing to do with the Rumble. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Well, the thing is, these fucking rough cunts that listen to this, they've probably forgotten Ken Patera. They haven't (laughs) taken on my fucking advice. Our listeners haven't seen the intensity in old man's eyes as well. Like he is severely, (laughs) severely concerned by the potential for them to have forgotten Ken Patera. No, I'm really really trying to hold in this shit. I'm just on the Metro uk reading the article about Shane McMahon's release and apparently it says it's previously been reported that the star is going to be part of the upcoming Elimination Chamber premium event and in Wrestlemania 38 in April apparently this would have even included facing Seth Rollins potentially for the WWE Championship oh come on I can't believe that I mean WWE are shit but I can't imagine that um, while we're on the subject can we have a little quick chat about the old premium event thing yeah weird isn't it why have they stopped calling them pay-per-views because they're not fucking... really are they well, no, no. You, well, you, no they are because you still got to pay to watch them not per view though i mean you're no. paying for your pay per multiple views <laughs> well that's right they could have called it that yeah definitely i'm not having premium event it sounds like a fucking well, i don't know what it sounds like but it sounds like a shit that i don't want to watch <laughs> I think it makes sense that they've come up with something else because they've mm. pay per view is a bit of an out, outdated term now. But I don't really care. I gotta be honest, I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. I mean, it's I guess the only reason it bothers me is from a continuity perspective. Calling them pay per views is just historically what I have done, but it's not going to affect my life very much. Do you know what? We're going to carry on doing so. 
I'm sure we will. We've we've called Saturday night's main events in Clash of the Champions pay-per-views before, and they're not either. So, you know, entrant number 29 is Randy Orton. We're getting the big hitters now. He is hometown hero, Randy Orton, in fact. We're in St. Louis, of course. This ground my nuts so fucking hard because he gets a fantastic pop and he is treated with utter contempt, whereas Shane McMahon isn't because he's given some stuff. He eliminates Kevin Owens, for fuck's sake. Oh, I know. So he can. Yeah. And uh, this is terrible. Orton's gone in two minutes. He's the guy that this crowd are going to latch on to because he's the hometown guy. It doesn't matter that people don't think he's realistically going to main event or be in a title match at WrestleMania. He's a guy that people can latch on to and go, fucking come on then. And he's also a guy who, if you eliminate him, it means something. So give it to someone who needs it. To put that into context, Hall of Fame bound, Randy Orton. 20-year veteran, Randy Orton. Hometown hero, Randy Orton. The only people that last less time than him are Robert Roode, Johnny Knoxville, and Kofi Kingston. Fuck me. Everyone else. Otis, Omas, Angelo Dawkins, Dominic Mysterio. Um... Everyone else, basically. Every, and, but like, <laughs> put, it, put those names specifically into into context. It's like, fuck me. Like, don't go wrong. I'm not a big Randy Orton guy, as we all know. But like, Jesus Christ, that's that's rough. <laughs> also, unless, you, unless, he was, unless he said to the backstage, he's like, listen, lads, I'm tired. <laughs> that's what I easy like. Chuck me in and get get someone to check me out in like two minutes. That'd be lovely. Sure thing, Randy. <laughs> it did make me think that maybe he was unwell. Or maybe he has an injury, so they didn't want to stick him in there. But if he's not, and he's not going to win, and he's not going to be involved really. I know he's in the last few minutes of the match, but he's not really involved. Get him in earlier. Get him in number 17. Just give him 20 minutes. Piles, perhaps. Maybe he's got piles. Maybe. There's a couple of things here. Either they do the end as they do it, but Orton's the last one in the ring with the winner. Um, Mm. Because for me... Orton is big enough to do that spot and I think people would believe that he's perhaps the one person that might be able to overcome Brock in the end giving it away now but you know I'm sure people listen oh, to this know this yeah, um, no. I haven't even watched it <laughs> <laughs> and then but then the other thing I was thinking is going back to my proposed finish which is the Kofi Kingston Biggie finish if Kofi eliminates Randy Orton as the last and last elimination before the standoff with Big E, it just adds to that annoyance that people have that Kofi was actually should not have been in the match. But yeah, you know, I'm just this is just stuff coming off the top of my head. They, they, they've, as I said, they've got people who paid to do this, and this is what they end up with. So yeah, I agree. I think at the very least, and I said this, I've said this on numerous occasions. If you've got someone who is a star, you always treat them as a star because if you stop treating them as a star. People stop looking at them as a star. And it's really hard to make stars in the in wrestling world today. That is another angle on my thing with Sheamus. Don't have him in here because he's not going to win. He's got to be logged out by someone. He's eliminated by Bad Bunny. With respect, the Bunster should be doing that. But shit. Yes. So there's an RKO to Biggie. Biggie is then dumped out unceremoniously by RK Bro. There's then an RKO to Otis. There's an RKO by Riddle on Drew McIntyre. And then Otis is dumped out by uh, RK Bro. 
that RKO from Riddle is amazing because he he like springboards off the like runs and jumps off the back of someone else, doesn't he, and catches someone. Mm. And the air that he gets on it is absolutely phenomenal. I think that might have been the bit. I was like, he does the RKO better than Randy Orton. This is another reason why I really hope they keep these two together because they actually are clearly a popular tag. Just mm. keep them together and have them in a decent tag match. I mean, again, going back to the New Day. How about the New Day versus RK Bro at WrestleMania? Nice tag team match with actually people who people like and are over and interested in. Like, you don't have to have all singles matches with big stars. You could have these two in a tag match, keep them together for another year, take them all the way around the calendar and bring them back to WrestleMania next year for a match. That would be far more interesting. Well, from what I gather, I think, and I might be wrong on this, because as I said, don't keep on it, but I think Big E's been drafted back to SmackDown now, which is where... Kofi and Woods are so okay. it's clear they're putting they're, they're going to go back he, he's clear he's out of the title Biggie's out of the title picture for now and evidently so is Kofi and they'll be putting them back in back as the new day which is annoying if you're a big Biggie fan and I, I do quite like Biggie and I think he's got the potential he's got this weird charisma that he could potentially be a main event side I think he's very good in like an ambassadorial role outside the ring which admittedly he can do with or without the championship. But um, it just looks like they're just going to put them back together now. Which, you know, I don't necessarily want the New Day to break up, particularly. I, I'm quite happy for them to, you know, go off and do their own thing and come back together and never have a formal disbandment or anything like that. But um, it is just a bit like, well, it's cl- clearly you don't really care, do you know? But I mean, again, again, about that, though, I don't think it's necessarily bad that they bring them back together for WrestleMania. Like, again, I think if you, you've got now two former champ- world champions, two former WWE champions that go for Kingston and Big E. So having them in a tag team match together against two other big stars at WrestleMania is a good way of using them, in my view. I don't think they should necessarily define them down as a tag team forever and just do that. But for WrestleMania, I don't mind if they come back together. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad use of them. But, you know, I think ultimately, I just think with RK-Bro, don't split them up. That's all I'm saying is do not split RK-Bro up just for a match at WrestleMania because there's a lot less value in it than if you go all the way around the calendar and come back to it again. Anyway, Agreed. entry number 30 is the final surprise of the night as well as the match itself and it's Brock Lesnar so the man who lost the title earlier on the show this was the second second time that my the wind was not completely out of my sails watching this pay-per-view and we'll get on to what the first time was but I was just like oh well we know what's happening now don't we like it's so predictable Brock Lesnar's going out straight away <laughs> so I got to this point where I was watching this and it's not very good at all but i was genuinely i was like who the fuck is winning this and then as soon as his music hit as tom said it's obvious what's gonna happen and it's just very flat like very very flat the crowd to be fair ate it up when his music hit but we also get lesdos in there for two and a half minutes the bit with so it's him and drew mcintyre in the last two that must last 35 seconds and that's it and it's like really it's just so shit just so poorly put together the whole thing i just really i love a rumble it's just disappointing so what happens here is lesnar clotheslines riddle he then what the fuck is this what have i written here <laughs> i don't know something some some suplex to shane i think same man then orton and riddle as well uh lesnar clotheslines orton out so to your point he's there for like 
yeah, two, three minutes. Bad Bunny faces up to Lesnar and Lesnar F5s him, then chucks him out. Brock catches Riddle and chucks him out. Lesnar lariats Shane McMahon and he's out. And then it's Drew versus Brock. So Shane McMahon is the third last man yeah. in the ring. Well, and the fourth last is Bad Bunny. Yeah, I mean, flipping how? I mean, they really, what are they I mean, doing I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big Bad Bunny guy. Even <laughs> I can see. The, the biggest fucking... Bad Bunny guy, I think, yeah. we find I, yeah, I, I, you know, even I find that a bit unedifying, <laughs> if I'm being honest. So very briefly, they touch upon the idea that Drew and Brock have got this history from WrestleMania two years before. And McIntyre counters an F5 with a headbutt, but then Lesnar F5s him anyway. And he and in the process, McIntyre goes out of the ring. So Lesnar then wins and points at the WrestleMania sign, which probably killed him a little bit inside to have to do because mm. it is now required. It is now something you must do contractually. I bet they've got it written into their contracts. If you win the Rumble, <laughs> you must point at the WrestleMania sign. I um, remember the first time I saw that and I was like, do you know what? That's quite a cool bit of imagery and when i see it now a part of me dies i think the big problem here is that wwe probably rightly anticipated disappointment if there was no surprise in this match or no big surprise in this match the problem is though is that they've conditioned the fan base to expect surprises and they shouldn't mm. be doing that and i think next year what they need to do for both rumbles or maybe at least one of them is to announce every person who's going to be in that rumble before the night itself. So people know there's going to be no surprise entrance before they even start the show. And have Vincent Mann do it with that music. <laughs> that would be good too. But, you know, because that's what I think's happened here is that they've gone, well, oh, I don't know. People are going to be disappointed because there's no surprise. There's no major surprise, no major superstar coming into this match. You know, realistically, that shouldn't be a problem. That shouldn't be a consideration for you. You don't need to surprise anyone with an entrance. You need to build to a fun, enjoyable uh, ending that gets people engaged and excited in the action they're watching. They don't necessarily need a surprise, but... They've conditioned the audience so long now to expect big surprises that if they don't they don't deliver, they're going to disappoint. So I really think they need to put, get it out there next time ahead of time and say no surprises. These are your 30 guys. Nothing else is happening. It's a measure of where the roster is as well, I think, where without a surprise, who's going to win it? Well, there's that. This is just about telling a story in the match. You can build two people to be interesting mm. as potential winners of this match during the match. You don't need to worry. It's such a long match. You've got so much time. You can do anything. We we said this when we were talking about the 2004 Rumble last week. The the fact they have nowhere they build the big show into a big deal. They um have like moments in the in the Rumble where you've got a moment of incredible wrestling between Jericho and the Big Show. And like they've got these moments in it where they're able to to. To, to, you're able to do that at the beginning of the, the of that night i was never thinking big show had a chance of winning it and all of a sudden i'm like hello bob backland at 93 as we've said many a times comes in as an absolute nobody gets eliminated he's an absolute hero they've got the opportunity to make these stars in the rumble one the thing that really really just boiled my piss about the end of this is that there's absolutely no need for Brock Lesnar to win this Rumble whatsoever because they've already established a storyline with Roman Reigns. They don't need an excuse. To, they don't need to say I've earned the, my title match at, at the Royal Rumble. They can very easily circumnavigate that and get them into an angle together. It's com it, I, oh, that's so annoying. It's so annoying because if there's one person on the entire roster that doesn't need to win the Rumble, it's Brock Lesnar. And because they're so lazy, and as you said, Tinky, scared of not delivering a surprise winner, that they just automatically fall back on it. And there's no need for it to happen whatsoever. I'm very passionate. 
doesn't know about this. Well, I think it just, it's just I think the thing is, Tom, at some point they need to break the cycle. They have to yeah. stop promoting the Rumble on the basis that there will be surprises. The Rumble is the Rumble. It's a big enough draw. You don't need to promote the idea there's going to be all these fun surprises. It's good enough. The, the surprises that anybody can win. That's well, yeah, the exactly, surprise, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So that's and that's what they need to sell it on. It's not like, oh, great, here's fucking doink coming out of nowhere, whatever, or some fucking cunt. I was hoping, I'll be honest, boys, I was hoping for, I didn't mention this, my hopes and fears, because I kind of forgot about it, but I was hoping for a uh, Simon Dean return. Oh. And, and a Sylvan Grognier, but... <laughs> So to my defense of Lesnar winning, because I did say I was going to do that as well. There's one thing that I think could be seen as a positive here, which is that, and I understand what you're saying, Tom, they've already established a story between Reigns and Lesnar. But for me, this makes it, this, this ends, this tops that, that tops that off nicely. So again, if you're just considering that you've got one match that you can bank on for WrestleMania above all else, and it's really the only two guys that matter, the two biggest stars in the company, the two guys who are in their minds default, the two headlining WrestleMania stars, then this whole, the three matches we've talked about over the course of four hours, which is how long this show is, for me, works. I'm not saying it's the best thing you could have done in the Rumble. I think there are plenty of other things, as I've even suggested during this, this, this our review of it, that they could do. But overall, if I ignore that there's other things they could have done with the Rumble, I think that they've, they've made something here for WrestleMania. And anybody watching this should be, theoretically, in, invested in what will happen in that match at WrestleMania, thanks to these three things. So so from that perspective, I think it works. I'm not, as I said, I'm not saying they couldn't have done something else with the Rumble, but I'm just saying that in and of itself, it's okay. It's it's, it's decent. I quite like that. I feel like they've actually accomplished something with it. My point is, though, is that I would have probably felt invested in the match even without the Rumble win. No, I, I agree. And I don't, I'm not, not saying that I think you're right to think that they have enough built up into it. And I do think they should have used this for something else. But I just think that in and of itself, on its own, in isolation, it's a good night long story. I think the problem with it for me isn't the fact that Lester wins. It's the fact that they have elevated no one mm. in getting there. I think that's the problem. And that is that I was thinking after I watched this match. I was like, so you've got, as we've discussed, you've got Reigns and Lesnar sorted. That's locked in for Mania. The fuck else have you got? <laughs> Nothing. Literally, there's not even any face-offs in this. There's one or one definitely in the women's rumble, but there is nothing in this. And to be honest, this match, right, I've been very down on how it's booked and how it how it finishes. Two thirds of this was absolutely fine. It was absolutely fine. But because of the last, I'd say, seven, eight minutes, it's a real bum now and just really takes any positivity out of it as a rumble match. I know I, I know what you're, you're saying, Tinky, about Lesnar winning. Makes sense. Does make sense. But like I said, if you don't make anyone on that journey, you're shitting on everyone. Uh, no, I agree. I, I actually, I think, I don't even necessarily think it's about making people. I just don't think they did anything to no. carry yeah. you first through the first 45 minutes. So I, you said it's perfectly fine. I don't think it is perfectly fine. I think this is really lazy booking of a, a an hour-long match. Let's not forget, you've mm. got a long way here. If they can't come up with some little bits and pieces just to keep things ticking along, keep people interested over the course of that time, then they've really got something wrong. And whoever put this together, and there is, as I said, reports that Shane was a big part of making a lot of the changes that apparently took place shortly before the match. 
because as we know, Riddle was supposed to, or apparently Riddle was supposed to be the winner. They should be blamed for it because it is not well put together. There's no imagination. Last year, we said that the two Rumble matches were very, very similar. Well, we'll find out in just a moment, I think, that we might have something similar on our hands in the Women's Rumble. But we'll come to that in just a second because that's next. So let's move on to the Women's Rumble. We'll take a break at some point during this Rumble, maybe in 10 minutes or so. Can I have a final Please. note on the Rumble? Of course you can. Uh, on the Wikipedia page at the bottom, there's a little uh, a reference number, reference point, and there's a little B that says, Brock Lesnar lost to Bobby Lashley that night for the Wii Championship <laughs> and won the Royal Rumble. So I think it was written by a Scotsman. I see. Okay, good. That was That's very valuable, and I'm not sure that'll make the cut, but well done. Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> So, yeah, well, let's talk then about uh, the other half of the show. So the first match of the night was Rollins versus Reigns, and then that's followed up by the Women's Rumble. So that's what we'll take on next is the Women's Rumble. Whew, this is a this is an epic. This is always going to be an epic. We've got two Rumble matches to cover, and I'm trying to find it in my notes, which is why I'm, I'm stalling still. Um, okay, there's some great, some great time for them. Wonderful stuff. So... We start the women's Rumble match with entrance number one, Sasha Banks, and entrant number two, Melina. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we haven't heard that cover for a yeah. while, have we? A, a fucking cat being dragged down a cheese grater, <laughs> So Sasha Banks was apparently announced for the Rumble on SmackDown on Friday night before the Rumble, mm. which was a shame because I was like, Surely she's the big surprise, I would have thought, in the Royal Women's Royal Rumble match because she hadn't been pre-announced. And there were some people expecting her, but, you know, sometimes these surprises are expected, which is a contradiction in terms, I know. And then Melina looks emotional to be in the match. Yeah, nice. um, and they taunt each other for a bit. And then Banks dunks Melina out almost immediately, which is probably another reason why she was so emotional. I quite like this bit because, again, it did have that little bit of emotion to it. Melina clearly struggled to get her entrance attire off because she was wearing like some kind of cloak gimmick. And uh, she was very much stood outside the ring for what seemed like an eternity before she got in. (laughs) It it could have been one of two things. She could have thought to herself, I don't fancy doing the splits. Like, psyching herself up to do the splits. It's definitely been a while since she did it. Or she was struggling with her attire. And I've got to say something immediately about Sasha Banks. And we we try to be gentlemen on this show. I'd like to think we are. But I'm going to comment on something physically about Sasha Banks. Her teeth are phenomenal. She's got the most even, perfectly white teeth I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, my God, these teeth are naturally real, which they probably are, to be fair. And they've probably been dyed and had all sorts of braces and stuff there to line them up. But she has got absolutely magnificent teeth. Can I just play that back to you, Tom? Her teeth are unnaturally real. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm about a bottle of red down, mate. I'm going to talk some bollocks every now and again. <laughs> and you needn't have been quite so apologetic beforehand. I think of all the things you could have commented on about a woman's appearance, the mm. straightness and brightness of her teeth was probably the least <laughs> offensive you could have suggested. I'm still slightly objectifying. I'm very much focusing on her teeth. She's probably a lovely person. In fairness, we objectify every single man that's on any of these shows. So I don't yeah. think it's really out of keeping. It's different isn't it it's so not really we, we it's only it, it's different if we're being sexist let's be honest <laughs> which we're not we're taking the piss out of men because they're ugly and awful, <laughs> and awful and let's be honest awful you sexist bastard how dare you suggest that women are more attractive than men <laughs> <laughs> and also, to be honest men are responsible for all of the wrongdoings pretty much in the entire world so <laughs> i think we can we can we can aim at men every now and again um also if we were going to objectify on an even level she'd be sasha spanks 
Yeah, that's true. Didn't you gash her banks? <laughs> <laughs> Entrant number three is Tamina. Lena and at number two. <laughs> Entrant number three is Tamina. Uh, banks Ta-me-na. hits. No. Tamina. Banks hits. I'm trying to get you guys off, you know, a sensible time here. Entry number three, Tamina. Banks hits a jumping knee move from the apron before Tamina gets in the ring. That's the only note I've got after Tamina joins. No, I mean, Tamina, really, you know, not really much to her. Is there. I thought she got released, but evidently she hasn't. She was there. Well, maybe she has been released and brought back from this, but I've got nothing on Tamina, to be honest. She's been around for a long time and never really been anything other than mediocre. I've not got anything to add, but I do have something to add after the next entrant. I just shot my load too fast. Okay, cool. So entrant number four is Kelly Squared, and she hits an inexpert head scissors takedown on Tamina. That was putting it kindly, if I'm honest. Um, Tamina then flattens Kelly with a clothesline. Kelly goes for a reverse Rana on Banks out of the ring, but Banks uh, counters and then kicks Kelly out. So this is quite a rarity in this Royal Rumble. So Corey Graves says two people team up on someone, don't know who it is. But he says it's an, an alliance of necessity. And then after I think uh, the next entrance comes down, there's the temporary alliance shout where two people who wouldn't normally team up. It's the only times they're said in both Rumbles. Because really? they normally lean on that. Yeah, I was... So I wrote first mentions, so well, actually a klaxon for that. Hang on, is that Melina's, Melina's music or Sting? Which one is that? <laughs> that, yeah. that, that that's me wiping my ass. It's um, also, the, 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 the motion that you made of a klaxon doesn't correspond with the noise you make. The klaxon's more like... <laughs> and you were like... Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I had a small cat on my thumb. That was what I was demonstrating. Oh, and the okay. cat was making the noise. But yeah, yeah, they did lean on it, which I enjoyed. Although I didn't really enjoy the commentary in this Royal Rumble. Entrant number five is Aaliyah. I have only got one comment about this, which is that she doesn't really look ready for this stage. She mm-hmm. is one of the more recent call-ups from NXT in this women's roster. My fear that there'd be a lot of people that probably weren't ready, a bit green. When this lady came out, I thought, oh, might be a bit stacked full of people who probably... who. Oh, don't get me wrong. She's, she's earned her bloody spot. Don't you go saying she hasn't earned her spot, Tinky. It's a horrible thing to say, but probably not not of the required standard. I think that's I think that was how I felt about her anyway. Mm. Entrance six is Liv Morgan. Morgan almost takes out Banks, but Tamina saves Banks. Morgan has come in here with a lot of energy. She did get a bit of a pop. She, I think mm. she her her stock has risen. I think it's fair to say mm. since last year's Rumble. Yeah, I think so. I think people seem to be quite high on her at the moment, or at least internally, and they seem to, to be giving her a bit of a push. She actually had quite a long run in this Rumble as well. I think she has the second longest run mm. uh, in this Rumble and puts in quite a shift. She was one of my picks to win it at the beginning based on just my very passing knowledge of what's going on in WWE but I thought she could be in with a shout so it means that already we've got two people at least in my opinion in Sasha Banks and Liv Morgan who I can who I believe can win this rumble and we're entrance number six not 15 like we were Mm. in the uh, or even further on than that than we were in the men's rumble so at least made it a bit more interesting for me just out of interest this might not change at all but had this been the main event rather than the men's rumble 
Would you still feel that way? I honestly don't know. But I can remember enjoying last year's Women's Rumble a lot more than the Men's Rumble. And I think it's mainly due to a lack of familiarity to a lot of the people in it. I don't know. The reason I ask is that if the Men's Rumble had been in this spot, do we think that actually you would have believed more of the men could have won because it wasn't the main event of the night? I don't think so. Okay, if I'm being fair honest. enough. I, I don't think so because I know I kind of watched it long enough to know how it works. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I just didn't but think I they... th- But for me, that's what makes it feel more likely. The fact that because we know mm. how it works, you know, I could see in if the men's rumble was not the main event, I could see an AJ Styles, a Randy Orton, uh, Riddle even winning the rumble because it's not the final image of the night. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Just just something that I thought of whilst watching it. Entry number seven is Queen Zelina Vega. Um, I know she's just called Queen Zelina, but she'll always be Zelina Vega to me. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's somebody who was released, obviously, during the year and then brought back. After Tamina puts Banks on the apron, Zelina kicks Banks down to the floor and out. That's the only, right. that's the only note I've got after Zelina Vega comes in, so unload as you wish. Right. This is one of the worst things I think I've ever seen a wrestling company decide to do, like genuinely, especially in a rumble, because she's Sasha Banks. People see her go into the end. Use that. Make her elimination. Old um, uh, Queen Selena still eliminate her. She obviously want to give her that. And it might lead to a match of mania between the two. But make it later. Sasha Banks got under 10 minutes. She's arguably, after Charlotte Flair, the biggest female wrestler in the company. And you're kind of treating her like she's with respect to Mina. And the, the other thing as well that I find really weird about it is that later on in the show, they do a video package mm. about how massive she is mm. and how much of a star she is. And that she has going to be in series three of The Mandalorian as well. So it just seems really, really bizarre to me. It, it's far too early for someone who is as good as she is to be eliminated from the Rumble. And even if she isn't going to win it, have her in the match for longer because she's that good and it gives you that more star power to the match than it has with her out of it i think especially given what we get in this rumble from the participants we get mm-hmm. given that you know i'll, I'll say now we don't have bailey for some reason i'm assuming she's injured we don't have asuka for some reason i'm assuming she's both, injured yeah you know, so you're talking about two of the other best wrestlers you've got in the women's division most experienced and most you know prove with proven quality and history of good matches and you haven't got them you've also released a bunch of people since last year mm. that also would have made this a more valuable match and so when you're in that position you have to keep Sasha Banks in the match she's the only one in the match at the moment as far as I'm concerned with the possible exception of Morgan who actually's got anything about them we've also got the problem is that your seven entrants in you've had and with respect to both of them you've had Melina and Kelly Kelly in there already mm. and this is where like when Sasha Banks went out I was like fucking hell this is gonna be a long fucking hour so maybe to pick things up a little bit entrant number eight is Bianca Belair last oh, year do you know what I'm a big Bianca Belair guy yeah I mean I think she's yeah. fucking brilliant go on I brilliant. I thought her match at um at WrestleMania last year with Sasha Banks was one of the was one of the best of the of the weekend. Bianca Belair kicks Tamina's head into the ring post. She delivers a big suplex on Zelina, then almost eliminates Liv Morgan. She I've said there that she looks really good in this section. So she did just look excellent. I know on the suplex to Zelina Vega, sorry, Queen Zelina Vega. So she is trying to power her up 
And she mm. doesn't get it right the first time. But don't you worry about that. She does it twice more to get her up properly. And I was like, fuck me. Between them, they must be strong as two oxes. Bianca Bella, I think, again, the reason why she stuck out to me so much is because she had that moment when she came in she had that moment where they they get they shone the spotlight on her she had the bad bunny moment if you if you will <laughs> not for very long but long enough for it to make her stand out mm. and there's something about i just want to i just want to root for her do you know what i mean like she's got there's something about her that she's got this not only is she a, a great wrestler but she's got this that intangible she's got a likability she's got a likable quality incredibly likability I, I remember last year her and uh rhea ripley when they were the last two and it was probably the most stressful couple of minutes of my life watching that <laughs> because i wanted her to win so much and i've not seen much of bianca belair at all um, so she's just got something about her that I'm like, she's fucking mint. When she came Proper in here, skits. When she came, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. When she came in here, there was a noticeable, noticeable uptick in quality in terms of what was around her. She was just a head and shoulders, in my opinion, in quality above everyone else who was still in the ring. After this, Dana Brooke is entrant number nine. She does a cartwheel elbow into the corner on Bel Air. And that's the only note I've got after she enters. And it sounds like you guys don't have much to say either. I didn't recognise her. No. I know she, I must say, fair fucks to her. Because um, she wasn't in bad shape at all last time I saw her. But she is in incredible shape now. But I, without them saying, it's Dana Brooke. It's Dana Brooke. Is she going to win? I don't think she's going to win. I don't think she's gonna win, Master oh, Wayne. Bloody hell! <laughs> I've buried, I've buried too many Wayne family members in my time here <laughs> in the size of tangerines. Um, the, um, <laughs> uh, but what I will say is, oh, but Dana Brooke added to it. She's got big Reginald for that, hasn't she? The old yeah, the old Reg who, there, who, who stole our hearts last year at the Rumble. <laughs> I mean, fair fucking play to him. He's still got a job. <laughs> when yeah. so many others haven't, which is maybe yeah. well, that's not, not that great. Isn't it? <laughs> he sacked his own son. Not yeah. Reginald. It's my man. <laughs> yeah, I've got... is he still a sommelier, do we know? I hope so. Because uh, I'll tell you what, I've definitely said this this time last year. I watched a documentary about sommeliers once. And it's a fucking diff- a difficult fucking field to get into. So if he's given that up, just muck around with Dana Brooke, then he's at the service to himself and the wine industry and all the other sommeliers who never made it. Okay, great. Well, let's move on quickly before Tom gets too deep into the wine the wine glass. <laughs> I, I already have, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know, I know. He is lapping the bottom of that glass like a dirty little dog. Number 10 is Michelle McCall. McCall comes in and kicks Brooke off the apron, but Reginald catches her uh, and throws her back in the ring. Brooke then comes off the top rope, but McCall meets her with a big boot and Brooke is then thrown out. We just have a little moment to, uh, you know, acknowledge Michelle McCall's music. <laughs> You're not enough for me. <laughs> You're not enough for me. It just goes on so repetitive. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Little peek behind the curtain and me watching uh, Royal Rumble 2022 on Sunday. When Michelle McCorn came out, I was like, "Tommy's gonna sing her fucking music." <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe me fucking luck. 
<laughs> Next up on on the uh, on the entrance list is Sonia Deville at number eleven. So Byron Saxon says that Deville is has abused her position as a WWE official to enter the Rumble match. She comes to the commentary table and says that she will be in the match when she chooses to. She will get in the ring. She says that when she's wearing her jacket, she is an official. But when she's not wearing her jacket, she's a superstar. This is an interesting gimmick for someone to have. Do you know what this is, lads? This is something, <laughs> which is, which is what you know the what? men's Fair. rumble didn't have. True. Yeah. It's not particularly so, strong something, though, is it? It's so, better than nothing. This um, feud, this feud. So Sonia Deville has got a feud. Should we say feud again <laughs> with Naomi? <laughs> so their feud. Have you been on the wine too, old man? <laughs> or have you no. just been breathing Tom's uh, breathing in Tom's breath and therefore it's made you drunk? <laughs> No, that's a horrible thought, <laughs> with respect. This feud has been going since September. But what feud, sorry? What feud are we talking uh, about? So Sonia Deville has a feud with Naomi, and their feud has been running since September. Cool. That's a long feud. That is. The most important part is they had finally had their match, the SmackDown, the day before. Lovely. Yeah, so they could have put a nice little bow, a nice little dicky bow on it, but no, they want to keep that collar undone up so that they could put the dicky bow on it at WrestleMania, I think. This uh, this analogy has got very tired very quickly. <laughs> it has. <laughs> tired. Good. Entrant number 12 is Natalia. T- Tamina tries to take out Belair, but Natalia comes up from behind and dunks them both over the top. Tamina hits the floor, but Bianca holds on. So when that guitar screech i guess is the best way to describe it happens for a moment i completely forgot where i was and what i was watching <laughs> and i was like it's it's coming out and then it was uh it was italian that was fine but yeah it was one of those moments where i was like it's a hitman and then uh so it's not here's a question so, Nat- <laughs> so natalia right loyal servant pretty much always delivers every time she comes out everyone's just like all right that's it (laughs) that must be so demoralizing for her to have worked there for how long she does and she every time she comes out the crowd it's like all right don't care even with that fire music yeah, I don't know what to say about Natalia. I think, again, here was another... In Natalia, they, they, it was almost like now that Sasha Banks is out, they needed somebody else to come in and manage mm. the match almost. And that's what she did for most of the rest of the match. I think she's in yeah. it for quite some time. But I, again, had the same feeling when Natalia eventually goes out that we had about AJ Styles, which is just keep her until the end. She's... Yeah, yeah. You know, she, she she is a realistically a very unlikely but outside opportunity chance that she might win. So just fuck agree. it, fuck it out, Tiki. You've so you've given her an outside inside <laughs> <laughs> backwards chance. Well, you can't, and then, and then you can't you've said she's definitely going to win it. <laughs> you can't deny, old man. That's for certain. Right, entry number thirteen hails probably Tom's favourite moment of the night, I'd imagine, because oh, Cameron yes. comes oh. in. And she, of course, has the Somebody Call My Mama music. Somebody, somebody call, call my mama. mama. Somebody call my mama. Somebody call my mama. Come on, Tinky. <laughs> somebody call my mama. <laughs> yes. It was somebody. amazing. Oh, man, I have a curiosity. How um, gutted were you? It came to fruition. That was the rumble that we reviewed last week that you went on. I'll be honest, I was a bit disappointed. 
but just hearing the joy and the disdain that Tinky has, because I can remember when me and you lived together, Tommy, and we'd watched that rumble, but then we'd also watched the Battle Royal that you mentioned last week, and we showed that to Tinky and friend of the show, 40, Mm. and they weren't impressed. They were like a a little pair of little ratty-faced cunts, they were. Not impressed. (laughs) Not the first time. Not the first time we've been called that. Uh, Whatever. So then Sonya Deville decides that this is the time for her to take off the jacket, get in the ring, and go go straight after Cameron. Because, of course, Cameron uh, used to be the tag team partner of Naomi, and Cameron could act as an ally for her when Naomi arrives. Well, she is informed by one of the commentary team. I believe that they're friends, and then she gets in there, which I That's quite right. liked. I quite liked it. I quite like that. So give her a reason to get in. Goes in, chucks old Cammy out, and um, yeah, quite enjoyed that. Just a nice bit of continuity added to the rumble. I thought when Sonia Deville got up, I thought she was going to go off and call Cameron's mum. That's true. <laughs> should have done. Should've somebody, done. somebody should have done anyway. So as you said, Sonia Deville eliminates Cameron, and then entrant fourteen is Cameron's former tag team partner in the Funkadactyls, Naomi. Naomi and Sonia then go to battle. Naomi hits a springboard kick off the second rope, then delivers a big kick with the veil stood on the apron to eliminate her. So that's how long that mm. little feud continued in this match. They're fond of wasting people, but every time I see Naomi, I'm like, how the fuck is she not absolutely massive in that division? I mean, with respect to Sonia Deville, somebody who hasn't wrestled before Friday Night SmackDown, and obviously this, and wrestled for something like a year and a half. Obviously, there were extenuating circumstances for that. But how has Naomi just been like chucked in with that situation and that story when she's so bloody good? And I think, again, when you are down to such the bare bones yeah. that you have got in this in this Rumble match, I mean, that is a bigger thing for me here. I don't necessarily you can't spotlight everyone. Some people have to go out relatively early fine Mm. but when you're so low on talent in a match like you are in this one because of the way wwe have managed the roster not because there aren't a lot of talented women you've really got to make the most of natalia Mm. naomi sasha banks you know because there isn't a lot in here she's in the cesaro zone i think yeah the old c zone i actually meant to ask you guys something earlier and it's just come back to me completely off you want to go for a point on friday Brock Lesnar debuted in 2002. Am I yeah. correct? So he's been in WWE for tw- or 20 years, or this is his 20th year within WWE, and he's had the same entrance music the entire time. Well, now, admittedly, there was a gap. And also, he hasn't, because he had that awful music when we watched his debut pay-per-view match. You remember that? It was like, no. Brock Lesnar, <laughs> he's the next big thing. It wasn't oh, quite like that, but it was different. But he has been effective. So he has had that music since 2002, though. Yeah. Has there been a longer run of unchanged? I don't know. Do you know this ruins it now? Fuck you, old man. I can't believe he'd brought that up. Entry number 15 is Carmen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now guys, we're going to be here till half eleven at this rate. I'm telling you. Uh, Entrant number 15 is Carmella Carmella takes her time getting to the ring And then she starts speaking to the announce team Says she is out there being beautiful And that's the reason she's there I'll tell you what, Jerry Lawler can take note here Because obviously it's part of her gimmick The fact that she's saying she's the most beautiful woman in the world But Jerry Lawler can take note from Corey Graves On the subject when discussing how beautiful the woman is they're also quietly but openly acknowledging the fact that Carmella and Corey Graves are in a relationship. 
yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah, which is what they've done a few times. Well, I tell you what, we need to shake off the cobwebs a little bit here. Tom needs to try and sober up a little bit. So no more wine, Tom. We're going to need to take one more break. And then we'll come back and finish the Rumble match, the second Rumble match, and also round up the rest of the show. Okay, so we are into the third part of the show. We haven't done a third part for a while. And uh, at this point, it falls to me to remind Old Man and Tom that uh, I have to edit this podcast before Sunday. Mm. So uh, if they could just help me out a little bit, that would be be wonderful. (laughs) So entrant number 16, Rhea Ripley. Rhea goes to get Carmella and throws her into the ring because Carmella had yet to enter. Uh, Carmella and Zelina then try to double team Ripley, but she manages to lift both of them onto the apron and then double drop kick them to the floor. Um, my main note on Ripley is that she's got the um, the makeup on the side of her face, which I found very distracting. Didn't look bad, but I found very distracting. So I was like, she's got some on her face. I thought that makeup looked really, really cool. And the thing as well, I'd say about Rhea Ripley, again, I've only really seen her in Rumble matches. So it's a hard barometer of how good someone actually is, specifically like technically and in-ring and with the psychology and everything. But second year in a row, been impressed by Rhea Ripley in a Rumble as well. Presented almost in the Kane role, I'd say, in these uh, in these Rumbles. Although she didn't actually eliminate that many people, I don't think. But I I still thought that uh, that she was quite good. Yeah, I think she's she's got a presence about her, hasn't she? Yeah. Then we get entrant number 17, which is Charlotte Flair, who is the reigning, the SmackDown Women's Champion. And the stipulation is that if she wins the match, she gets to choose who she will defend her title against at WrestleMania, which is bizarre. Uh, Old man's looking... (laughs) very proud say, by it that's quite novel it doesn't make much sense because she'd be like well, let's pull someone out of the crowd and beat them instead but again for me something different it's something it's something it is something but it's not something i want any part of i gotta be honest <laughs> i feel like it just takes away it becomes not i want to win so for the other wrestlers is that yeah i don't no bollocks no i don't <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think this is another thing of them having such a weak roster. They were like, well, we've mm. got to kind of include her because otherwise, if we have her in a title match on this show, that's somebody else as well as Charlotte that mm. has to be out of the Rumble. So I just, I think that's why they did it. If only they had Sasha Banks in there. 
Well, quite. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, she, well, no she, she was in there at one point. That wouldn't have made any difference to the numbers. No, no. But if you'd had her do the run the gauntlet through the whole thing, they you've got a story. Time. Yeah, you don't need Shazza. And maybe maybe just have 29 people, see if anyone notices one year. Well, well, you I could... guarantee people wouldn't. Well, you no. know what? At 1994, uh, Bastian Buger didn't come out because he was apparently a little sick. And uh, that was the one they faked everybody out, believing it was Bret Hart. Like three or four entrances before Bret Hart's entrance. It's because he'd eaten eaten too much food out of the bins. (laughs) So after Charlotte comes in, she eliminates Aaliyah. Then Charlotte also eliminates Naomi. She looks set to do the handstand survival thing, but Sonya pulls her to the floor from the outside. Oh, next entrance. Magnificent. Ivory, full right to censor gimmick. Talking about how everyone is just little pathetic young girls in the ring immediately she gets picked up by Rhea Ripley she's still talking into the microphone saying hey put me down put me down unceremoniously dumped over the top rope the entire time holding her microphone to her mouth this I was I was watching my it was in the rare occasion my wife was sat next to me watching this as well and she was like what is this and I was like this is one of the best things that's happened on WWE television in the last 10 years <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely fucking brilliant I loved it and do you know what there's longevity in that they could bring her back as like uh anti-woke cancel culture kind of person and it would still be relevant and it would be brilliant i'm up for what i'm what i'm thinking of lads is a a reimagined version of right to censor for 2022 featuring ivory at the helm and i'm all up for it why reimagine it tommy you could just this is your chance to bring val venus back exactly exactly he could come back he could be like a i don't know if he's a bit old you know to be a poor and he's a bit, and he's also a bit mad isn't he he's absolutely mental hey, i think he'd work perfect for perfect for an anti-woke right to censor mm. quite frankly yeah very possibly yeah he's a bit mad i think so you you wouldn't want to know what kind of mad stuff will come out of him as mouth when he gets on the microphone you're like come on get back to telling objects val so yes ivory is entrant number 18 and she does everything that tom just said uh yeah it's, it's a little bit of fun again tom it's something isn't it it's something yeah it doesn't really do much for anybody it's not particularly but it is a nice little bit a little nice little interlude in this match which as i said we just weren't getting from the men's match we've got one or two bits and pieces here it's not anything great but it's, it's at least something the second shortest run in the rumble and probably the most impactful <laughs> in my opinion you know what i would have no argument with that but this is the one this is the one that I could remember. It's very damning. <laughs> yes. Engine number 19 is Brie Bella. She comes out to loud yes chants. Then Belair and Ripley lift Charlotte onto the apron, but can't get her out. Brie Bella has one of the worst entrance music in the in the world, specifically the first part of her entrance music, which is where she says Brie mode. And it's been oh, put yeah. through it's been put through of like a voice filter type thing as well. And it just oh it goes goes through me every time I hear it. But Brie Bella has got the third highest amount of or joint third highest amount of eliminations in this match. Well, they've got to put her over because she's a very important up and coming hungry tiger in the words of Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, fine. Have her in, whatever. But it was, yeah, fine. That's fine. Move on to the next one, please. <laughs> entrant, the next one is entrant number 20, which is Mickey James, the current reigning Impact Knockouts champion and acknowledged as such by the commentators mm. and even wearing the belt to the ring now i imagine this is the first time that tna or impact 
have actually been acknowledged in terms of titles that people have won at any point in WWE television. I can't think of another time when they would have done. They've mentioned them in documentaries, haven't they? They might have done, but I remember watching a one of those Table for Three episodes, which was, I think... Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and possibly someone else that had previously been in TNA. And they went out of their way not to say TNA. So they talked about the fact that they'd been on the independence in places like Ring of Honor for the previous 10 years or whatever. And I was like, flipping out, you're doing your best to to not say (laughs) TNA here. It's ridiculous. No, in in that aforementioned AJ Styles thing, they mentioned Impact Wrestling in that as well. What I will say... About Mickey James coming in, it seems like if they've made an agreement with Impact Wrestling, it feels weird they may not have brought over one or two people other than that. Not that I don't know who's on the roster, if anyone's worth having. But the other thing that I also wanted to mention is when you said um, it's the first time that Impact Wrestling has, I thought you were going to say, has been seen by more than 45 people. <laughs> so you know one person who's on the Impact Wrestling roster, Tom, because Charlie Haas was mentioned last week. So come on, mate. Uh, like of course, yeah, that legend. And also, um, I'm aware that old uh, Gallows and Anderson, I think, are the they champions. Are. They have been perennial yeah, tag champions over there. So anyway, Mickey James, she got quite a good Good, uh, response from the crowd i thought yeah she, i think she had a good run as well yeah before she gets in the ring she's kicked from the apron by michelle mccall um mickey then uh runners mccall out of the ring and as i said there's lots of cheers for mickey at this point uh, obviously there's a lot made of how she was let go last mm. time mickey james so i think it's quite even though i don't think that's the reason why they brought her back i think the uh the stick thin roster is the reason they brought her in. But I think it's quite nice that she got to see what the fans actually think of her. Because let's be honest, she was criminally underutilized last time she was here. I say here as if she was on the podcast in that wretched company. But yeah, yeah, go on, Mickey James. The wretched company that she'd be sharing on the podcast you're talking about. That's it, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Let's be honest, Tiggy. I'm talking about Tom mostly. Definitely. (laughs) So then we get number 21, another a surprise entrant, I suppose you could say. Alicia Fox. She... Say her name properly, think it's WWE legend. Apologies. Fox. Yeah, apologies. There's a bit here where Natalia appears to be legitimately hurt as she's attended to by a mm. referee. Um, but it, it didn't, I didn't notice what happened after that. So anyway, Alicia Fox is now in the ring. I need finally to give Alicia Fox a little bit of a rub here, if you're part of the expression, with a second Tyron Faxton of the week. I don't know if we've had Byron Faxton's of the week before. Alicia Fox was the first and only African-American Divas champion. Byron Faxton of the week. So she's earned her legendary status because regardless of what we may think of her, she's a trailblazer. I also have to say as well, when she came in the ring, she hit some pretty impressive single leg drop kicks which you don't see very often. It properly looked like she, she lit those people up who she hit them with. So I was like, do you know what? I'd say it with the, t- with, with the tongue planted firmly in my cheek. But it was good. I thought she played, played quite well because the fact that she is obviously, her character always was a little bit unhinged. The fact that she came in and hit some mad looking drop kicks worked quite well to it. So yeah, fair play, fair play to her. So then we get next up, number 22 is Nikki A.S.H. or Nikki Cross, whichever you prefer. Rhea Ripley waits for her to arrive, but she um, sneaks in from the crowd and tries to eliminate Ripley from behind, but fails. Ripley then wants to get to Nikki, but Nikki rolls out under the bottom rope to avoid her. 
So obviously Nikki A.S.H. has recently turned heel after her brief run as a superhero babyface in the summer of last year. Yeah, she's a super villain. Didn't hit for me at all. I didn't get it. I didn't want it. Take it away from me, please. Tom, this is the bit where you say, well, it was something. Well, it was something. I wasn't particularly interested in Nikki Ash either until one very specific moment in a Mm. bit, which I will cover when that moment happens. Yes, um, I, I, I mean, again, I, I do think this was something, at least there's a, an ongoing storyline between two people that they are addressing within the Rumble match. I, I mean, mm. I've got to at least say that for them. We haven't seen yeah. hardly any of that throughout the first, you know, the other Rumble match as well. So, yeah, I think at least there's something going on here. And Nikki A.S.H., or Nikki Cross, I, I think I commented last year that, you know, it's impressive that she has had a decent run on the roster mm. and her decent run continues. And I think largely thanks to her own kind of coming up with this gimmick and pitching it to WWE higher ups and it, you know, getting her into a pretty big match at SummerSlam last year and she's still going. So fair play to her. Definitely. So up next is another quote unquote legend of WWE as in comes 23 Summer Ray. I do actually write here that the commentators genuinely do refer to her as a legend. And hmm. of all the women that we've heard called a legend during the entrances of the Rumble in the previous years, this one is the least convincing <laughs> of all of them, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not saying she's terrible or at all, but what I'm saying is her run was very, very brief very very uneventful and she barely made an impression this is not leveled at her i think it's a bit pathetic that they call her a legend and also a little bit patronizing because she'll know she'll know like i've not i don't earn that status ah shit it? and let's be honest She's only in there 52 seconds and she's pretty bloody ghastly as well, isn't it? Well, she looks like she did when she was in the company the first time. She doesn't know how to wrestle. Summer Rae goes right after Natalia. Natalia then eliminates Summer Rae thanks to a Charlotte assist. Charlotte then tries to eliminate Natalia, but is unsuccessful. We then get entrant number 24, which is Bree's twin sister, Nikki Bella. Uh, she comes in. She helps Bree immediately. Hits a spine buster on Natalia. A double flapjack by the Bellas on Bianca Belair. The Bellas are then fist bump with Alicia Fox as they do a very, very brief Team Bella reunion as they were... The three of them were Team Bella when uh, I believe it was Sasha Banks, Charlotte and Becky Lynch were yeah. first brought up to the main mm-hmm. roster. And yeah, then they push her out unceremoniously. I quite well, like that, if I'm being honest. It's just it's just a, again, like I said, something. <laughs> it's <just> something. <laughs> We've had four or five things that are something in this, which is more than we had in the men's rumble. And it's just a little nice nod to continuity. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. It's just, it doesn't, no one's going to be there at the beginning of the uh, of the event going, do you know what? Bloody April for a Team Bella reunion. What, you mean the Bellatons? We know they're in the Rumble. No, 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 no. Team Bella, both of them and Alicia Fox. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> but when it does happen, you're like, oh, that's quite a nice touch. Nah, and she's like, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, that's it. It's just a bit of fun. Also, you, as you touched upon earlier, Tommy, Alicia Fox, her kind of thing was being a bit unhinged and a bit like silly. And she's in a stupid position because she's like on the second rope with one foot on the top rope and she's like yeah yeah reaches in for the fist bump and then they log around it's just great shit great shit go on Alicia Fox entrant number 25 is yet another surprise entrant they don't at least call this this person a legend at the very least but her name is Sarah Logan she obviously was previously part of the Riot Squad Mm -hmm. alongside Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan Logan takes down both Bellas then Logan and Morgan have a little reunion of their own 
But the Bella sneak up from behind them and eliminate Sarah Logan. She's gone pretty quickly. Morgan is then also eliminated by Brie Bella. Which is I, I, the most horrendous thing in this match. Worse than <laughs> Sasha Banks getting eliminated. I was going to say, you've just said the yeah. thing where Sasha Banks was the worst thing WWE has ever done, ever. <laughs> I, I'd forgotten about this. And then when you were talking, I was like, fuck, fuck, this is horrendous. You, Liv Morgan is in the match for 37 minutes and she gets eliminated by Brie Bella. Fucking pathetic. This legitimately, when I was watching it, it made me quite angry because I was like, you've literally got no fucking clue what you're doing. Pathetic. We then get 26 Lita entering the match. Big pop for her as she comes in. Um, Lita and Mickey then have a little battle between each other and Lita hits Mickey with a DDT on the apron to eliminate her. And it's a, quite an interesting little elimination that was. I thought it was a bit different. Yeah. So I, I misread some. So Mickey James eliminated Michelle McCall, didn't she? Yeah. And there was a period where it looked like it was going to be the other way around. And I did think to myself, would it be the most WWE thing to have the Undertaker's wife eliminate the <laughs> impact women's <laughs> Um, I thought Lita looked quite good, actually. Um, She's in the match for a total of 10 minutes and 21 seconds. And I thought she probably could have been in there for a bit longer, if I'm being honest, considering that they'd made, apparently, quite a big deal of her return. For her to only be in for about 10 minutes, I thought was a little bit odd. But maybe because she's been away for so that, that long... She maybe can't go for much longer than that. So, entrant number 27 is another moment that Tom has been waiting is very patiently for, with his lovely little smile, all excited about it, because out next is Mighty Molly. Do you want to explain what happens here, Tom? Yeah, so as Mighty Molly's walking down the ring, she's doing a little superhero pose and stuff like that with her hands on her hips, and she's walking down them. And as she's walking to the ring, the camera angle is a bit weird. It's kind of like behind her slightly, like as she's going down the ramp, and she's walking to the, to the ring, and I'm thinking, it would be amazing at this point if Nikki ash comes out of nowhere and absolutely attacks it and that's exactly what happened and i thought that is fucking brilliant that's absolutely amazing i actually wanted it to be a bit more uh i wanted it to be maybe doing the old jeff heidi run along the barricade thing and hit her but she didn't she comes off the ground but either way it was great and then she gets dumped out straight away by Nikki ash but i just thought it was fucking brilliant this bit it just i was like do you know what again makes sense it's a little daft little moment but you've got a superhero coming to the ring and there's a super villain in the ring of course they should collide and have a moment brilliant and she fucking wallops her as well (laughs) mickey absolutely wallops oh mighty molly mighty molly probably not so mighty anymore just a clarification on this do we think that nikki ash is a super villain or a bad superhero Oh, that's deep. Don't don't watch it enough. In which, in that sense, isn't every supervillain a bad superhero? No, because she actually poses as a superhero. She's not Green Goblin or something. She actually is a superhero. <laughs> that is her character, like Mighty Molly. Mm. But she's bad. She's evil. She's like Mega in Mega Mind. I think it's Mega Mind. There's a bad super superhero in that too. Tinky, you've given us a lot to think about at ten o'clock on a Wednesday evening. Well, you know. Do my best, don't I? Right, so here comes the big surprise of the Women's Royal Rumble, because we really need a surprise. That's the important thing here, is we've got a surprise. And it is entrant number 28, Ronda Rousey. So Ronda Rousey comes in, she kicks Nikki A.S.H. out, just like that. Then Brie hits hits Nikki Bella and eliminates her. So what do we think? Ronda Rousey in the Rumble. (sighs) 
I I was a little bit like, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, because I didn't know she was coming back at any point. But further to your point, they're so obsessed with WWE, so obsessed with surprise and stuff. They show the crowd reacting before you see who's coming out. And they did that a few times, especially during the Women's Rumble. And it really annoyed me, because I'm like, I don't know who this is. I don't know her music. Ronda Rousey's music particularly they're so obsessed with capturing that shot of the crowd looking surprised that they actually don't care about (laughs) showing the person coming out it's really annoying and I must admit as soon as Ronda Rousey came out I was like oh well I know who's winning this then so basically the exact same emotion you had later on when Lesnar comes out exactly the same and when we get onto it my exact feelings are the same as well so I I wasn't particularly excited to be honest she was very good when she was in it before but I kind of, even the limited stuff that I look at, I pretty much knew she was coming back. The one thing I think they maybe deserve some credit for WWE, although they probably didn't mean it this way, is there's obviously the Rumbling is going to be Rousey and Becky Lynch. I did wonder if they were going to have Ronda Rousey interfere in Becky Lynch's match. So that was the one thing I was uh, I was like, oh, cool, she's coming in for the Rumble. That's all right then. And to be fair to her, she gets 10 minutes. She looks pretty bloody good. The one thing I will say, though, man, is that they didn't like they did with Bianca Belair. Again, I don't think she really came in and had a moment to shine. I think she just came in and just got involved with the rest of the match. And I think there were a couple of opportunities for potentially for her and Bianca Belair to square off and have a moment in the ring. Because those are two people who've never been in the company at the same time together. And they are two of the bigger stars in that division as well. Would it make sense for them to have, you know, had at least a minor bit of interaction other than just the everyday comings and goings of a Rumble match? I would imagine that's by design because that's, that is something that I would watch. Like 100%, I would watch them to have a match. And if they're not going to go down that route for Mania, then you probably... I get what you're saying. And it would have been nice if they'd said a little look. Even a look, a look would have been mm. nice. But I kind of don't hate them for not doing it. But it's got a little quick note on the uh, put-together of the Rumble. So this is the 15th person mm. out of the Rumble who, strictly speaking, isn't Part wrestling full-time. Yeah, Sonia Deville is counted in that, even though she's, strictly speaking, an active wrestler, having wrestled on. When I buy, was like, fuck me. It's horrendous, isn't it? They've mm. really, like I said at the start, they fucked themselves. They've absolutely fucked themselves. With well, they... to, to, to add to that, old man, so I said earlier on, we haven't got Bailey, we haven't got Asuka because of injuries, presumably, and Alexa Bliss is also on that, that mm. list. So there's three of your biggest female stars not able to compete at this Rumble for whatever reason. In addition to that, from last year's Rumble, Tony Storm, Ruby Riot, Santana Garrett, Peyton, Peyton Royce, Mandy Rose, Dakota Kai, Lana, M- and Ember Moon and Nia Jax are all either in NXT, as Mandy Rose is, or have been released from the company since. And on top of that, um, Lacey Evans, I think, is still out on maternity leave, and she was also in the she was in the Rumble last year. Is that with is it, she's on maternity leave with, with Ric Flair's baby? That's the one, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you look at that list, so that's why, because you've released like ten odd people who were in last year's Rumble, which we all said was a good Rumble, lots of variety, great roster. Really enjoyed the the variety, even enjoyed mm-hmm. what Lana was doing. We all said, has Lana become a, a regular wrestler now? Last year, we, I remember saying she's gone. Loads of other people have gone, and as I say, we've got the injuries, presumably injuries. I don't know for definite, but whatever reason, they're not available to Bailey, 
Alexa Bliss and Asuka, three of their biggest stars. Mm. They've really ripped this roster apart, and it's they've left it with so little now. Yeah. It's, it's stark. It's a stark um, it, comparison. It wouldn't surprise me if they were kind of like, I wish we didn't have to do a women's rumble. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that this became a bit of a hindrance to them because they're like, we got to get, we got to fucking work hard to get 30 women in this rumble. Do you yeah. know what I'd like to have seen? Paul Meccano, or Nakano, whatever her name is, or Leilani Kai in there. <laughs> I don't know how old Le- Le- Leilani Kai would be now. So she was at WrestleMania 1, so she she would probably be in you know, 60s. But you know, I, I, I'd like to have seen Wendy Richter. <laughs> So let's get to the end of this Rumble match. Number 29 is Shotzi, or Shotzi Blackheart, as she used to be known. Shotzi hits a flying crossbody on Rhea and Bianca. Then Rousey throws out Brie Bella. Then Rousey is beating on Belair in the corner, and Belair doesn't look like she enjoyed it whatsoever. So she's got a look on her face where she's like, ah, ah, I don't like this. (laughs) So then we've got number 30 is Shayna Baszler, the last entrant into the Rumble. I thought Shayna Baszler was quite a typical WWE last entrant to a Rumble. Like, one yeah, of the bigger wrestlers like she is just such a wwe thing to do this i thought she obeys her and rousey then look as though they're gonna work together after hitting a bunch of others they circle around each other but charlotte goes after baszler and prevents it rousey then eliminates shotzi bianca eliminates natalia natalia jumps back in to go after ronda rousey but rousey <laughs> throws natalia out again oh that was about that was really <laughs> weird lovely mm. stuff maybe, maybe they're gonna turn natalia into like a like mental character a sort of thing like Terry Funk would do, isn't it? Like turn into a Terry Funk kind of character. It was just odd because she came back in as if she was still in the match. Like, what did it look like a run in? It was odd. Then there's a twist of fate by Lita on Charlotte Flair. There's a good exchange between Lita and Rhea Ripley. Lita looks to go for her moonsault, but Ripley stops her and Charlotte kicks her out of the ring to eliminate her. Rousey then applies a triangle choke on Rhea Ripley, and that leads to both women being on the apron. Ripley pushes Rousey into the ring post, but Charlotte delivers a running kick to Ripley to take her out. Charlotte's then on the apron and Bianca and Shayna Baszler try to take her out unsuccessfully. Charlotte takes out both Bianca and Baszler as they fight each other. Then we're down to Charlotte and Ronda Rousey as the last two. Charlotte goes for a charging boot, but Rousey ducks under it, then hoists Charlotte up over her own head and dumps her out of the ring. Ronda Rousey is the winner and points at the WrestleMania sign, of course. The moment of deflation I referenced earlier is when Bianca Belair got eliminated. That mm. was my moment. I was like, oh, all right then. <laughs> I was still hoping at that point that she'd win. Again, I don't see really what Ronda Rousey gets from winning the Rumble. I don't think anybody has come out of either of the Rumbles looking that much more of a bigger deal than when they came in. I can see it. I can see merit, more merit behind Ronda Rousey winning the Rumble than Brock Lesnar. But after the fact when it came to the end of the show after the the men's rumble as well i just felt a little bit deflated and thought mm, i don't think either of them needed to win that rumble they're a bit they're both big enough deals that they didn't need it i think the fact that it's so poor i think is the problem i think if if the, like we said there's 15 people that are like on the roster that are in a 30 person match if it had been a more star-studded affair with like, like if um if the people that Tinky mentioned, so Bailey, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, have been in it, I think it would mean more. I think this kind of it just doesn't carry the gravitas, I think, because of what had come before it. And also the fact that they like I said, they'd eliminated Sasha Banks. They got rid of Liv Morgan. And the, the Liv Morgan thing is criminal, really. But 
I think it's flat. Would have probably been flat if anyone had won, to be honest, because I wasn't particularly invested. The one person I would have liked to have won it would have been Shayna Baszler, because like we said when we covered her thing in NXT, how have they fucked her up so bad? How? She's a fucking badass. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of problems here. I think the qual- I think that there's more going on. They put more thought into this rumble than the men's rumble, but the quality mm. is overall lower. Because they just, yes. just there isn't there isn't enough talent. They've they've released all of the talent, and so they've had to bring back a lot of women. Some of who clearly are either they don't trust to work uh, anymore, or they themselves will freely say, "Look, I can't really go anymore. So just let me go in and let me go out." So I'm talking about Ivory. I'm talking about Molina. I'm talking mm. about Sarah Logan. You know, Summer Rae. You know, loads of people that obviously someone either they or the company do not trust to work this match for very long so it's just yeah it's just low on quality overall and again it relies on a surprise i mean it's got the same problem as last year last year we had two rumbles that were too similar run uh, bianca Belair won the women's rumble she was number three in the match went all the way and won it edge was number one in the men's rumble he went all the way and won it this year they're both the same but different from last year so this year it's they both got surprise, late surprise entrance to the Rumble, and both of those people won it. And it's just like it would be good if we, if you could take the Edge Rumble from last year and put it next to this Women's Rumble, and equally put the Lesnar win from this year back to last year next to the Bianca Belair Rumble. It just, you know, I think if you're booking two Rumbles. It isn't hard. You've really got two ways to book this this match. It's either someone who's late in the match wins or someone who's early in the match wins. Just have it different in the two matches. It's not hard. And I also look at this and I thought, Charlotte's one champion. Becky's the other champion in the women's division. Ronda Rousey's headlined WrestleMania against both of them. And it's, for me, another weakness of them making that match back at WrestleMania 35, a triple threat match. Should never have been a triple threat match. It should always have been Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey in a one-on-one match. They were the two biggest stars in the in the company at the time. They didn't need Charlotte Flair to be added to that match. Now, neither of those matches with Ronda Rousey feels fresh going into WrestleMania, if that's one of the if that's the match she has. And I just think I was looking at looking this and going, Sasha Banks is the is the opponent for Ronda Rousey. I think you want at WrestleMania. That's the match. If if we're to believe their own hype, which they show later in the night with that video about Sasha Banks, she's the mainstream crossover star. Ronda Rousey is a similar sort of individual. That's a match to present at WrestleMania and get you know get a really big main event style match out of. So for me, just uninspired booking and too too similar. Very very low on quality overall in the Women's Rumble, which is a great shame and really a real shame because we really all really enjoyed last year's Women's Rumble and we all commented on how exciting the roster was, how varied it was, how many how much depth there was to it. Everybody had a specific gimmick. Everyone felt different, felt like they had their place. Now you're like I about three of these women have got a defined gimmick and the rest of them are either not ready for this stage or have been treated really bad in terms of the way they've been booked over over a long period of time with that in mind i still much prefer the women's rumble to the men's (laughs) i think as i said i think that the women's rumble was really low on quality but just had a little bit more booking creativity the men's rumble was just boring but it wasn't a bad quality overall. I would put them on a par for that reason, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think he was that good. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I think it'd be a really dull nil-nil. <laughs> I think that's a fair that's a yeah. fair assessment of it, actually, yeah. So we have still got two matches to cover, but before I do that... Of I'm course, we've got two. Yeah, yeah, we've still yeah. got two more matches to cover. Hey, fuck me. All right, come on, boys. You're paying for all that mucking about earlier on, Tom. So, no, that's um, gold. 
before we get there though i've got to I've got another assessment from one of our followers so uh this is rory from the wrestling 20 years ago podcast his solitary co- uh, comment on the whole of the show is if you're going to make it all about the surprises one don't two ensure that shane bleeding mcmahon isn't one of them that's it <laughs> that's all we got from him but a cracking assessment i think um, of the two uh, rumble matches how did he know his middle name <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i never do that either but uh, yeah. interesting so they said we've got two matches left first of all it's the raw women's title match between becky lynch and the incredibly ridiculously and unfortunately named Dewdrop. So this match is 13 minutes in length and it ends with Lynch hitting uh, a manhandle slam from the second rope for the win. Uh, Old man, what was your thoughts on the contest? Well, these poor ladies are fucked over by where they're placed in the card because this crowd is deader than dead. There's 44,000 people there. It sounds like there's a a dog and a cat having a sleep, to be honest. And it's really hard because I... I thought this was fine. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to make any match of the year things. But Dewdrop isn't winning. Everyone knows this. But they have a decent little scrap together. I quite like the finish because it's that's the way you beat someone without making them look like shit. Like Becky Lynch has had to pull out her finish from the second rope to beat her. Nice little simple thing. Dewdrop's not ruined by the defeat. Becky Lynch kind of forget how good she is. I've got to be honest, I haven't watched her have a proper match for ages. I kind of forgot how good she is. Just really let down by the crowd. And I got honest, at the end, I just felt quite bad for them. What they should have done is they should have put the other match that we're going to cover. They should have put that in this spot, I think. Tom? Yeah, I don't know. I'd be lying if I said this left a real lasting impression on me. Uh, part of the reason why I think I was initially a little bit disinterested in it is by virtue of the fact that what old man said is correct. You know that Becky Lynch is always going to beat G-Drop in this match because Becky Lynch is a massive star. Um, there's both some pretty good offensive moves. That I was, this might sound a bit, um, I don't know, trite or something like that, but I was very impressed by some of the agility from G-Drop and some of the, the mm. offensive moves that she did and her, her offensive moves actually hit. Again, this might be a little bit of a really lazy comparison to but maybe because she does Vader bomb as one of her moves but it did make me think of a female version of Vader a little bit but as I said I, I can't really say too much about the match because what I thought would happen happened there was a nice little kind of nice little story through there that Becky Lynch couldn't quite figure out how to beat her but mm. she inevitably did and that was what was going to happen anyway this was for me uh, it was a good match it was it was fine you know it was okay it got it got it did what it could do in the circumstances that it had i felt like this also though suffered from the, again the wwe's long-term conditioning of its audience to effectively allow them to pick who they want to pick to choose to cheer for so i think the idea here is surely that if dewdrop had if she was the fan favorite in the match in terms of who they wanted to win. I think this would have been a good, really good match because her moves were really high impact. They looked like they were pretty good. They, you know, she, I, I feel like if you can imagine a baby face Vader, as you were just talking about against somebody for a title and doing, <laughs> that's an absolutely horrible image. <laughs> Doing some of the moves that she did as, as Dewdrop did here, I think you'd been like, well, that's actually a really good match. But it just didn't, none of it had the impact because the fans just weren't really reacting to Dewdrop in the way they should be intended in, t- in terms of her being the babyface. And I'm pretty sure Lynch still trying, supposed to be a, a heel, but as I said, she got the majority of the cheers. I think also, what is the what the fuck is the name about? Like, seriously, what is that name about? It's, awful, it? it's absolutely fucking atrocious. It's possibly the worst name in the history 
history of WWE, which is saying mm. something. She had a perfectly reasonable name on NXT UK, Piper Niven. That's fine. Yeah. No problem with yeah. that. But no. And to your point, Tom, last year, I think when we were talking about Nia Jax at, at certain points, what they dress her in as well, or the way she's asked to dress in this character, it's hard to take her seriously because yeah. it's like they've, I don't know. They, I don't know what she's supposed to be. I don't know what Dewdrop means. I don't know anything. I just don't get it. It's it's just nonsense. She's hamstrung, isn't she? Mm. It doesn't like that's the exact problem with this match is that if her name's Piper Niven and she's wearing even something the same outfit but just darker and not these stupid colours that she, the poor ladies had to wear, it just adds a little bit more, doesn't it? And people are it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah, don't, just don't don't get it. It reminds me of sweets as well, like little pear drops. <laughs> that's not what you want from your wrestlers. No, especially one that's supposed to be, you know, is a big potential monster type wrestler, if you like. Yeah. You know, don't, yeah, don't. Oh think. my God, she's been torn apart by Dewdrop. <laughs> 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 yeah. So the final match that we need to cover on the show this week is the mixed tag match as the Miz and Maurice take on Edge and Beth Phoenix. This is a 12 and a half minute match and. The end comes when effectively Edge and Beth Phoenix, who are called, what are they called? The, oh, the, grit, couple. the grit couple. The grit couple uh, deliver a double glam slam on both Miz and Maurice, and then Edge pins the Miz. Tom? I felt quite bad for this match as well, because this was, this was what used to be the Divas match. It was a piss break match. No one, no one particularly seemed to care about it. I, we all know your thoughts on Edge, Tinky. Um, <laughs> And the Miz, the Miz is, is Teflon. He's he's WWE royalty. But I'd be lying if I said that I cared about what was going into this into this match. Throw in Maurice, who was always a good character, but never a particularly good wrestler, and Beth Phoenix, who looked like an extra from a Mad Max film. In this, I just wasn't. I didn't care about it to be honest. I quite liked the end. I quite liked the double glam slam. But other than that, I didn't. Yeah, I just didn't didn't care for this match, and to be honest, I didn't think there was any real any. I didn't think there was any anticipation that anybody would care about it. So I appreciate the matching colours on both teams. <laughs> appreciate that. Always yeah. a big fan of that, aren't you? Yeah, I like everyone in this match, and I did not care one bit when it started. And I thought, you know what? I'm a big Edge head. I'm a big Miz head. I'm a Maurice head. I'm a Beth head. <laughs> Let's give it all a go. And I was bored borderline senseless by this i gotta be honest after the last last year in lesser match <laughs> <laughs> brock hey hey tiki tiki brock lesbian <laughs> oh so I'd taken a break after the Lashley and Lesnar match. And uh, I was like, right, I'll come back. So I knew there was this match and then the men's rumble. Lovely old job. It was only like five, five minutes or so. So I was fresh when I came in. I was so boring. The interaction between Beth Phoenix and Maurice was really, really clunky, like quite bad, to be honest. But I really enjoyed Maurice's antics with Edge because it was just you weren't expecting anything. She was just going to try and get one over on him. It all felt a little bit self-indulgent, in particular on Edge and Beth Phoenix. It's like, I can't. It must be absolutely lovely for both these couples to go out and do what they love to do on a one of the big 
well, arguably big three pay-per-views, sorry, premium live events that WWE have as a couple. Lovely old job. Just don't make me watch it, please. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. I, I, if you're right in saying this is the piss break, I think that's fine. This is not that important. You know, they've had a sort of, from what I understand and what I could see from the pre-match video, they've had a sort of mild feud going into this, this show. They've kind of had a bit back and forth. We know that The Miz effectively has a ceiling for how good his matches are they're mm-hmm. also never really bad or embarrassing they're just a match and they're never really great they're never really bad they're just wwe quality mm-hmm. copy and paste basically that's what miz does and he does it very successfully and, and has kind of turned it into a multi what will be multi-decade career and, you know that, that's the ceiling it's got it was never going to be that much special beth phoenix and maurice are not any longer regular wrestlers they've long since had their retirement from full-time wrestling and so yeah i mean there was there was not going to be too much to this it was fine for what it was but i wasn't interested and you know i think did a job with between the Heyman heel turn, I suppose, and then the the men's rumble match. So that's that's fair enough. So let's get our overall thoughts on this show and our rating out of ten. Time to get down to business. Before we do that though, got one Ooh. last one last voice from our Twitter followers. And it's from old man's best friend, Rockstar Kirky. Now Thank you, Rockstar. Well, you might not love him after this because he has delivered an absolute <laughs> epic essay about his thoughts on the rumble i'll try and pull out some of the highlights from it so he has said that basically the men's royal rumble match was very boring all the surprises were announced or leaked ahead of time he wasn't asked about johnny knoxville bad bunny was decent but lasted until the final four really as we commented earlier shame it man i couldn't give a rat's right bollock if i never see that potato throwing (laughs) sweaty cunt again very firmly getting into the uh kind of atmosphere of this podcast definitely but he also said the in-ring action was just really boring but he also said it was damaging because Brock v. Reigns was built earlier in the night, to your point, Tom. You have nine weeks to build that Rainier main event. You could easily have Brock enter the Elimination Chamber in order to get a shot, or have him run wild until Reigns has no option but to give him a match of Mania. Instead, they gave him the number 30 and most ad- advantageous spot of the Rumble. He then won to advance a story that did not need the Rumble match to advance it, which means that the other 29 entries were pointless. When the match had finished, I thought I had wasted my time. 29 other entries, all at the expense of building Reigns versus Brock, which does not need any more build. In the kayfabe and real world, why would any wrestler be invested in this match? The match whereby anyone has a chance to headline WrestleMania if the loser of the title match previously is just going to come in at number 30 and win. There's a lot more about this. And basically, he sums up saying, absolutely boils my piss. So again, very much yes. in the, uh, in the yeah. attitude of our podcast. Other than that, Reigns v. Rollins was superb. His match of the night. The women's rumble was very sloppy, but enjoyable. So again, I think quite similar to how you felt about it, Tom. Lynch v. Dewdrop, shit name, was good, but suffered with lack of interest from the crowd. Brock v. Lashley was good and had an excellent end because it built the Reigns v. Brock story and lots of exclamation marks after that. Mixed tag was, well, I took that opportunity to have a dump, which was probably more enjoyable. Hang on. So he's just basically said what we've all said, but he's done it in about 500 characters and we've taken four hours about it. (laughs) To be quite honest, old man, I was very, very largely summarising a lot of what he said. That is a very long message. It's a hell of a a DM. (laughs) It is. So his rating is a four out of ten and his MVP is Rollins. Over to you, old man. Let's start with you. This event, as we've touched on, did nothing for anyone, pretty much except Reigns, Lesnar and Heyman, and perhaps Lita and Ronda Rousey. I don't see that 
anybody really walked away from this with anything, really. I don't know what happens to Seth freaking Rollins now. I'd like to see him do something, but I don't know what he'll do. But this is this is a very poor show with no moments. And that's what we live for. Especially when you watch wrestling, as long as we have. Tommy touched on this earlier, I think. Like, we want those moments. We want those some things to be the thing that we take away from it. And I think I can honestly say that if we weren't doing this tonight and I hadn't made notes, I would have remembered very little after the first match. So I'm going to give this a three out of 10. That's pretty much on the opener and the Raw Women's title match because the rest of it I found to be very, very forgettable. And if I hadn't watched, I wouldn't have missed out. Top. Yeah, I, I I think I might be being a bit generous here. I'm giving it a four. I'm scoring this a four. I agree with Rockstar on basically everything that he said. I don't think this, they've done anything to build anyone apart from the main event at WrestleMania. And by doing so, they actually inadvertently ruined the men's rumble, or at least the end of the men's rumble. But I did enjoy the women's rumble, and I did enjoy the Reigns-Rollins match. Um, so off the strength of those two matches alone, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to be pretty kind to it, too. I'm going to give it a five this show. I think that the, the opener was very good. I think that the women's title match was fine. I thought that the Lashley versus Lesnar match was pretty good, too. I was actually quite taken with that match. And I think the problem for me is that the Rumbles, they're Rumbles. I still like the Rumble, even when it's not very good. I like the Rumble. I can't help it. I just do like it. But the story of this show is WWE getting way too carried away with surprises. Not just in the Rumbles. Take it right back to the beginning of the show. Seth Rollins' entrance was a surprise. Mm. That he comes out to the Shields music and the Shields gear through the crowd. Then you've got the bit where Heyman turns against Lesnar, which is supposed to be another surprise. You've obviously got all the surprises of the legends in the women's match, the 15 wrestlers that aren't actually on the roster joining in the match, and the main one, which is Ronda Rousey. Then you've got the surprise of Lesnar being in the Rumble. It's just too much about it's too much about the the surprises. And that's why I say next year, WWE really have to do something to draw a line under this, even if it's take one for the team for one year and just disappoint everyone by not giving them surprises because they have to get the fan base out of the mode that the Royal Rumble can only be good if there's a surprise in it. And they have to get their own heads out of that feeling. But they also need to condition the fans to realize that, too, because that's the other problem is that I've no doubt that if they did with the men's rumble have someone other than Lesnar win and there'd be no surprise entrance, there would have been a lot of complaints about the lack of surprises. And I even saw someone who was reviewing it today on Twitter saying, oh, it wasn't very good because the surprises weren't very good. And I'm just like, that's not why it wasn't very good. You don't need the surprises. Mm. The surprises are good occasionally, every now and again, every five, six years or something. You don't need one every year. And I just think they've got to figure out a way to to wean the fans off of wanting and be desperate for surprises. Of course, what's troubling is that you've just run through all of the surprises and there are two matches that aren't included in that, during which we've both, we've all just said the crowd were completely dead for. Mm-hmm. And that's the trouble, isn't it? They'll be watching that in the back and they'll be going, God damn, pal, that crowd's dead. Really like, surprise. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, we need to pop them. 
Yeah, as I said, I think the best thing they could do is have, over the course of December and January, 30 singles matches for places in the Rumble. And mm. those are the 30 people that you know ahead of the show are going to be in the Rumble so that there's no everyone knows there's no surprises. You've, you've made it clear. We aren't surprising you this year. These are the 30 people. And then actually figure out how to tell a story through that match that will engage people rather than needing surprises. Because that's the other thing. The surprises were needed because the matches were just so little imagination within them mm. as well. Like there's nothing else to the matches. The only talking points we really could bring out were Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey's entrance into the Rumble. And that's a major problem. So I think the other reason I've been relatively favorable with my rating is I didn't hate or at least I could see the value in doing the stuff they did with Lesnar winning the Rumble on top of the Roman Reigns stuff earlier in the show. I felt like, again, if you're in a position where you feel like the only match you've got, the main event WrestleMania is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, then this is the night to give it your full push because this is where all of your casual fans are going to be tuning in for the one time before WrestleMania comes along. I think there's things they could have done that were better, but I didn't hate it. So that brings us finally to the end of the show. It's unbelievable. We finally got here. I can't actually believe it, to be honest. So all that's left for me to do is thank Thank you, old man, for joining me today. Thank you so much. And thank you for staying staying with us, listener. If we just read out Rockstar Kirby's message at the start, it could have saved you a lot of time. <laughs> but on all that time that you've enjoyed with us, just have a little more time just to remember Kempatera. And Tom, thank you for your contributions as well. Cheers. See you in a couple of weeks. This has been the Random Wrestling Review. We'll be back again next week. But until then, take care.